Well, what this guy look like, anyways? Oh, he's a little guy, kind of funny looking. Uh-huh. In what way? Oh, just in a general kind of way. <laughs> oh, we are rolling. You follow me. Check, baby. Check, baby. Real, one, two, three. Try check, real baby. Check, baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, hello, and welcome to a new episode of Fascinated with Films. Happy 420. That's right. It is 420 when we're doing this. So 420? Ours. What's 420? What, it's, it's the uh, day that Super Trooper 2 come out. Ah, <laughs> yeah. oh, sweet. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't know that, man. <laughs> I do now. It's Knowledge is power. <laughs> You're going to go see that uh, today? Uh, I'm going to see it either today or tomorrow. I can't wait any longer than that. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of that movie. so. And yeah, they are. Uh, you can tell that they are uh, from their Facebook page and everything that they are really in need of their friends. I have a feeling that it was difficult for them to raise the funds. Oh, yeah. No, make, it was a Kickstarter. And make this happen. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, from following Kevin Smith, I've realized that a lot too that he has to rely on his fans to push stuff through for him because the industry is just they all want those big ass tentpole movies and right i wonder if it's more about getting space to at the theater or getting the money up front or because you could think i would think that they'd be able to crowdfund the production budget for that pretty easily oh that's basically what they did yeah no (laughs) No, i know but I think they need support more for the post-production and getting oh, it yeah, into yeah, the yeah. theater. They need the studios on board. I guess the studio's just uh, taking it up because it must be Fox Searchlight, right? I'm I think pretty that's, sure it I is, I think that's yeah. who did the first one. Yeah. So Fox Searchlight must have told them, hey, if you can raise the money, we'll put it out there. But yeah. we're not fucking well, giving you the money. He, right. uh, did the first one make money? Uh, it must have. In the crowd that I went with, everyone loved it. Oh, yeah. yeah it was, it was one hysterical, of those funny-ass man. movies, man, that I love. Uh and yeah, you would think that they would be all behind that. There are uh, at least studios. I realized this week studios are getting uh, at least wind of what uh, a lot of fans and nostalgia is huge right now because they they hired uh, two brothers to direct the new Mask movie, like the Mask the cartoon. Oh with, wow! Uh, with the cars and the helmets and shit like that. Huh. Mobile Assault oh. Strike Command. Not yeah. Jim, not <laughs> Jim Carrey. Uh, or not. Uh, Share in Rocky Dennis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or it's where my mind went. But uh, <laughs> they did that and they hired the guy who made, uh, I guess the last Fast and the Furious was called the Fate and the Furious or something? Fate of the Furious. Fate of the Furious. Yeah. That director they just hired to do, or no, he's the director they hired to do Mask, which makes sense because of all the cars. Right, yeah. And the other. Uh, the director brothers they hired to do the Masters of the Universe, oh, oh, uh, shit. which has been uh, in limbo forever, and they can only improve on that, except for how that skeleton <laughs> looked. But I, I don't even know how you would go about doing that. You you'd almost be smart to do it as a horror movie, and I think that is about to be realized across. Huh. We're gonna see some movies re- coming up here that normally wouldn't be a horror movie turned into a horror movie, and it's because of the new X-Men, that new Mutants. Have you seen the new Mutants trailer? No. Uh, they've turned it into a balls-out horror movie. Really? And it looks scary as shit. Fuck yeah, And dude. people are going to realize, hey, why don't we take some of those things that normally would be an adventure movie or a drama yeah. and push it towards the edge of horror? Dude, I would... And that was one that would really work with it is Masters of the Universe. Yeah. The Skeletor and like all those... Like an R-rated evil, Masters of the Universe? Uh, like oh, R-rated man. Bambi? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hell, we'll just film that out back, bro. <laughs> I'm not I got sure a tree what saying we'll put it up. What, what would we do in that movie? Thumper's murderous rabbit. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, do it like the the Woodland Christmas Christmas. Yeah. Oh my uh, god. Oh my god. Let's blood bathe orgy. in their blood. Yeah. <laughs> Hail Satan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then next, uh, what next Friday, the Avengers comes out. Me and yeah. Justin are just making plans to go uh, check that out because it's going to be epic. Yeah. And more than anything, it's going to be. Uh, Spoiled, yeah, yeah, <laughs> spoiled like crazy because uh, fanboys can't keep their. Uh, I will keep my mouth secrets. shut. You keep your mouth shut. <laughs> I will. And I was just no. voicing my uh, distaste and uh, disbelief of how much matinees at the new theater here in town sixteen dollars and fifty cents. I think. It's- but I mean, it's that think luxury. about it. It's that luxury, yep. and it's the point. What were we paying for movies ten years ago? Do you have uh, what we paying ten years? Fifty for a matinee. A matinee, we might even have been paying like yeah, it might even been closer to like six or seven at times. Yeah, uh, but night movies, they were ten years ago. They were already pushing ten bucks. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think sixteen doesn't sound. But that's the like improvements an IMAX ticket. Did. wasn't that how my IMAX was? Yeah, but think months. of all how much better the seats are, how much better. Right, the, that's what I mean. It's the, the sound luxury. is. You know, it's, I mean, it's an experience. You know, you go in, you've got that beautiful. Yeah. They got a full bar there. You've yeah. got you know a really nice snack stand with all kinds Night of am. stuff. <laughs> Your yeah. bar open yet? Yeah, right. <laughs> I saw that. I saw a band in, in St. Augustine. Last weekend, yeah. and for a Jim Beam and soda and a large beer, it was like twenty seven dollars. Good Ooh. God! See, man. I'm glad me and my girl don't so drink. So thirty if bucks do... with thirty bucks with tip around. Yeah, if and me and my girl drinks. drink, it'll usually be like a couple beers at the house, or uh, I have like a bottle that I'll take a shot of every once. In a yeah, while. You, and that's basically. We, but we like we don't do it anymore. But we both loved. Yeah. Live music and went yeah. to a bunch of shows. It would just oh, we still drink. Me. We just don't go to live. Shows. It would just yeah. shock me. <laughs> Uber folks, they don't drive. <laughs> Other than my uh, my girl getting like uh, brunch, like mimosas or bloody marys, yeah. I have no idea what even a drink would cost. So whatever I throw down, I think it would surprise the shit out of me, especially at a concert oh, yeah. where I know they're going to be jacking it up. I don't know what the prices are at that movie theater. But oh, I don't even. I'm want sure to they're yeah. not like alehouse yeah. yeah. specials man i remember this is a funny story i remember one time when we went to go see in the theater uh austin powers 2 yeah and there was like a group of like 10 the of spy us. who shagged me yeah 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 <laughs> um and uh, there was a group of like 10 of us and we brought in a handle bottle of captain morgan and so well, we were someone just got so, it in oh yeah the, one of the girls put it in their purse yep. you know i've, I've put some I've now i brought I, i've brought whiskey in before i brought whiskey yeah, I mean, I brought, I've, we've that, sought out females for their exactly yeah like you got a big purse yeah come to a come movie, to the with movie, me. movie with <laughs> yeah um and so you know we brought this in and we're all in the theater we're getting hammered and at one point the bottle gets like sat down next to somebody uh-huh. and they moved and they bumped the bottle uh, and, and you heard rolled. this tink Roll go, down through, that. yeah, rolling down, and I mean, it was just perfectly making it. You know what I would have done? Like I would have, I would have yelled from the front, even if I didn't get it. I'd have been, "Thank you." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it was so funny. It didn't break, but you know, it. it Did you get it back? I, I honestly, I don't even remember whether somebody got <laughs> oh, it back or Justin not. Justin had like, already been hitting that box. Yeah. <laughs> rum? How could you do rum? Oh, I was, I was, I was younger. Yeah. Even thinking about Austin Powers. I used to drink Powers. pretty heavy back when I was younger, but Ooh. only for a, like a four or five. Rum period, has to be in a frozen it. drink. Yeah, yeah, blended for yeah. me to even. Oh no, we just we were just getting you know large cokes from the from the stand and then dumping part of it out and filling the rest up with rum and. Man, the nineties. The movie was really funny. 
to get some serious stuff in the movie theater too. Because remember the Jenko jeans? Which oh you yeah, could, oh, you man. could fit a two liter bottle of soda. You could those. fit a person. In <laughs> <it>. <laughs> so we would fit two liter bottles, and we would just. And no one's around. gonna say, "Go look at the weirdo with the big jeans." Yeah, would, yeah right. If I worked in the movie theater, there's no way I would ever say anything about having someone have an outdoor oh, unless they brought nah. in like bags of checkers and shit like that. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's when yeah. you kind of, kind of, and people will try that shit. That's so. I've crazy. gone with people who have like brought got Taco Bell right there in front of the theater, yeah. put it in their purse, and just start eating it. Yeah. In the theater. Come Crazy. in with a big Publix bag full of like cut meat and bread and <laughs> cheese. Uh, like, yeah. My friend Sarah would empty her purse out and she would line it with a uh, uh, with like plastic with like a uh, Ziploc bag. Yeah. And then she would empty out a complete bag of like king size chips. And nice. Do it, zip it up, zip her purse up, and that was her friggin' thing. Yeah. She just go in. Yeah. Absolutely, man. It's better than spending $10 oh. for a drink and a a small popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably accurate. I yeah. mean, uh, it's really expensive. We got lucky. We went there last time. It was at $3. They stu- still, oh, no, it stopped yesterday. Oh, they dear. were having free popcorn and free drinks up till yesterday. Wow. For like four days. It's good. They it was $3 do that. for That's drinks. You got to get people in when you open yeah. up. And then yeah. you get people hooked on those seats yeah. and the sound. And they're like, God damn. No, I, I, was, I go so infrequently nice. that I don't mind it's spending. It's the theater. Right. I don't mind spending thirty bucks. That's what I'm saying, together. and it's the and you got to think of what our brother's paying. He would, oh, he would laugh and be like, "Friggin' fifteen, 15. bucks." He's like, "I'm spending like hundred and thirty, if if not." Oh more yeah, because all the kids, because all the kids, yeah. So he would yeah. he would die for that, and he but doesn't smuggle food in. It real yeah. realistically is. Uh, that new theater is the one we should see eventually. Oh yeah, I'm, dude, I'm down. Yeah, I, and if you want, I'll even see it in 3D. I know you're not a 3D guy. No, I know, don't want to. I, I don't mind seeing 3D, but I would see it like second. Like I, I would want to see check it, it out first. Check it out. Yeah. Uh, if I went to see it a second time in the theater, that yeah. way I would do 3D. Does that movie pass cover 3Ds? No. Yeah, I wouldn't no, think so. Yeah. All right, so let's go into the actual episode. What are we yeah. doing here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that was a good uh, ten minute opening, man. Sometimes we've gone the cold opening. And, yeah. <laughs> So what we've got today is, uh, and we mentioned at the last episode that we were going to do something like this. We did mention which actor and actress, but we decided it would be cool instead of doing single pods just on a uh, on an actor or an actress to do kind of a combo thing where we uh, pick five movies from a favorite actor and five movies from a uh, favorite actress, and then one movie kind of in the middle Whoa. there that <laughs> will cross them over and that they've actually starred in together. Crisscross. Uh, so it'd be like, uh, like we had mentioned before, if it was like Gina Davis and Jeff Goldblum, we would pick The Fly, or uh, uh, Beautiful Mind would be Jennifer Connelly and uh, Russell Crowe. It's really uh, pretty easy. If we did like Mel Gibson and Julia Roberts, it would be that uh, conspiracy, yeah, conspiracy theory. theory. Yep. So yeah. Uh, so what Johnny we decided, Paul Rubin. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, we'll put that on there. Our special hundred uh, number hundred yeah, pod. Right, yeah. You remember we said that. <laughs> we're coming up with 50 here and well, this is 32 we're is coming it really? up with 50 we need wow, to do man. a uh, I think we need to do a 32. game episode we need to do a trivia game episode we I'm get, about that we got a couple other people should in do here. a top 10 movies we can't believe we haven't talked about yet because oh, uh, I'll, mo- I'll have to moderate it because I'm going to come up with the trivia and everything so yeah. if we get like two other people and put an extra what are we doing mic, a trivia game yeah like a trivia sweet game. yeah and then we'll put like, like family feud yeah we'll put like buzzers <laughs> or top five like answers that. on the board that would be easy that would be easy to come up with it's just Google search yeah. Paul's internal survey says yeah. <laughs> you're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the actor and actress that we've decided to do this uh, episode. If you didn't notice from the uh, uh, photo from the uh, Facebook page or from the uh, clever quote uh, that I have not come up with yet, uh, you're probably is, uh, not that bright. <laughs> is Gene Hackman and Francis McDermott? Boom. These are two 
amazing actor and actresses that they both won two Academy Awards. Uh, and I'll mention them when uh, both those, uh, all four of those movies are actually on here. And it's not easy coming up with five, certainly for uh, uh, for Gene Hackman, but even Frances McDermott, because she's done, there was a, not a lot of stuff that she was the main actress in. And I think now that she's just won the Academy Award, she's going to be seeing a lot more of that. Because there's tons of stuff she's on here as a supporting actor, and she comes on for 10 minutes and she. <laughs> lays on the Francis McDermott show and rules the thing. One mm-hmm. one movie you don't have on here, uh, which she did that with, was The Man Who Wasn't There, where she came to that yeah. uh, picnic. Life's yeah. so great, you ain't gonna fucking believe it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big bag. It's a big bullet cherry. <laughs> <laughs> she just comes on there drunk and just plays her role, and it's really, really funny. Uh, so it's, it's really cool. So, uh, but like I said, with Gene Hackman, you know Gene Hackman, he doesn't act anymore. Last movie he did was Welcome to Mooseport, which was like 2004. He went out on top. Uh, He did 100 movies. Did he really? Did 100 movies and said, I am out. He He called it at 100, right? Yeah. I don't know if that was intentional or if he just decided that way, but he has has literally, you look at his IMDb page, is nothing after 2004. He has slipped out out of the light. 2004. Yeah. Which I think that's is a long that's time. crazy. I didn't realize that, yeah. and I think that's awesome. I love the fact that I don't know why a lot of these actors have this so much money. If they money. Think, why not? I know they love their craft, and I we get to uh, experience greatness uh, uh, on the screen from them. But why not take your all your fucking money and move to Maui and just you know what? A lot of money makes you want to do though. And that's probably what he's doing. Johnny Carson. Did a lot that. of money oh. makes you want to earn a lot more money. Yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> like, yeah. but at some point when you get in your eighties, come on, man. Oh just, yeah. Just because, <laughs> I mean, how many times uh, uh, Anthony Hopkins has retired? Oh, and, yeah. And the last time he, he retired, he said, no, this is it. And now he's coming. I would take one of his shit. paychecks and I would never work again. Like, yeah. right, 45, yeah. I'm yeah. out. Fuck yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, he said he wasn't going to act again, and now he's Odin. Yep. You know? Or he's the guy on Westworld who was fucking amazing in that first season of Westworld. That was one of the best that. things he ever did. We need to have him on one of these actor actress because uh, a movie it? that I you're pro- you probably haven't Who is it? seen uh, Anthony Hopkins okay. is uh, Titus. Oh, that no. was so fucking unbelievable. Really? Arguably, in my opinion, his best role he ever in did. Just a uh, devious movie. It was, really, it's based on a Shakespeare play, but it's based on his bloodiest play oh, about wow. uh, Titus Andronicus and uh, him losing his mind. But there's some murders in that thing and some really twisted shit. And it was done really well because it was done by Julie Taymor, who does who does uh, Lion King on Broadway. So she's very uh, theatrical. And the guy that looks like Michael Gross. But it's not. Uh, Who is he? On in that movie? Yeah, he looks like Michael Gross. You mean he like looks a, just he, like him? Ooh. I'm trying to think who. Oh, name. oh, I know who you're talking about. His like second yeah, command yeah. guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was on. The, he's been on some series. I don't know his. Uh, his that was a good movie. Really good that would be one of those ones Jessica I would have Lange. a hard time. I own it. So I would have a hard time recommending that movie to a lot of people. Maybe. You got to be into some twisted shit. For it's sure. pretty twisted. It's pretty twisted, but it, you. Would I want to talk about it, but yeah, let's we'll, save we'll it. wait. Uh, but now, because I, I like twisted, I like twisted shit. It's really phenomenal. We used to watch it a lot back in the day. Oh with yeah. a lot of people. I owned it. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. You were like, "What do you want to watch that movie for more than once?" For? <laughs> Not me. I, I like it. Yeah. No, it, it like wasn't it twisted like you wouldn't want to. You would want to avoid it, but you were like, "Holy crap! I can't believe they went that way." They they uh, must have done a homage in Gotham. Because Penguin, like, I'll tell one tiny little scene in the Gotham one. Penguin was having a feud with this woman and her kids, mm-hmm. and she he kills him and and serves him to her for dinner. Oh yeah, and she's like, 
I forget what the line was, but it was something like, oh, this doesn't this doesn't taste bitter. And then he makes a reference to like, oh, it doesn't, you don't think so-and-so is bitter? Or something? Oh, God. <laughs> Pulled it's a like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Scott. Oh, your tears. Must yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> your sweet tears. Uh, <laughs> I think right. I've done that to Maria before when she's crying. I licked her tears up. Like, oh, oh, they taste so good. <laughs> you know what? It made her laugh. Uh, that funny. says a lot right there. Yeah, right? <laughs> Some shit's coming out of this. <laughs> Can you rewind that part? <laughs> okay. All right, let's get right in there. Uh, so we're going to start with uh, we'll start with uh, Gene Hackman, and then we'll work our way into Francis McDermott with that kind of midway. Is that how you say her name? <coughs> I always McDermott? say Dorman. I mean, I, I, I think Dorman I always Dorman. end it with a T. My girl thought McDermott. that it ended with a T, but it doesn't. Uh. It's a D. My bad. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's Francis McDormand. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't think I'm qualified for this show, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, we hated to bring, we were, we weren't going to bring it up either. But since, since, since you started the conversation, <laughs> everything is coming out on this. Episode. <laughs> and this is when they spiral down from there. <laughs> It reminds me of like uh, uh, almost famous when the plane's going down and Jimmy Fallon's like, I hit some guy on the road, just bam, I hit him and ran off. And the plane straightened yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to dial that one back. Uh, all right, so the first one, this one is the one Gene Hackman won the Oscar for, and this is 1971's The French Connection. Mm. And I love The French Connection. Popeye. Popeye Doyle, man. Based on a real character, not a very likable character. No. <laughs> a uh, dirty cop. There's a lot of on-the-set stories Partly. about uh, Gene Hackman. Uh, Gene Hackman was a very uh, very clean type of, uh, in his speech, he didn't swear a lot, and he was very uh, kind of, uh, Did he had, not like had really good valuables. Uh, values. Valuables. Uh, valuables. <laughs> and he would, he would get into a character, but he had a hard time getting into the Popeye Doyle really? character. Hmm. Which he actually even, because William Freakin directed the same director as uh, The Exorcist, and he had to come to him, and he was like, man, this guy is just... And then he's on the set, too, and the guy's like egging him on on the set and giving him shit and everything. So I don't think Gene Hackman had the uh, most pleasant experience on, uh, huh. on The French Connection. He certainly played more evil characters. Uh, one of them that's not on the list... Uh, that was probably one of his more evil ones was the Quick and the Dead. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where he had just had to come in and he had no redeeming qualities whatsoever. Uh, but early on in his career, I think this was the first time where he was kind of a little reprehensible. Even hmm. though he was in Bonnie and Clyde, remember he played the, uh, that second, uh, that couple. That's right. Uh, one of them was Roseanne's mom. You know, Roseanne's yeah. mom. Yeah. Uh, huh. No, uh, yeah, Roseanne's mom from Roseanne was the, the woman who kept screaming and then, uh, what's his name, was the, uh, the other guy. So, the French Connection. This was probably the best example of spies entailing somebody. What yeah. What do you remember about this? I, I mean, first of all, it's a, it's a fascinating true story. Yeah. Like, Tell us in a little fact, about what the background of that is. Um, it was the smuggling of heroin from France, France yeah. and Marseille. Marseille, I've been there. It's, it's a crazy little fishing town. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, a lot of commercial fish boats go out in and out of there. So, what was it seventy? Uh, well, the movie place? was seventy one, so, so it, it might even have been late sixties, early seventies. I think they got wind of the heroin sure for some other reason. Like they they stumbled upon the fact that the heroin was coming in. Well, how in the movie, which was they smuggled one of the in cars in the movie, right? Uh, yeah, they smuggled it in like in the, the rocker, rocker panels, panels and, uh, 
and they lined it up and they were in they had that great scene where they yeah. tore the whole car. What's apart. his name was awesome, the supporting uh, Roy actor. Schneider. Roy Schneider yeah, was he great. He was really great. But the uh how they got on them in the first place was amazing. It was just it was literally just Popeye and his partner at the bar drinking. Yeah, they saw some dude saw with a suitcase throwing like a money mobster. Around, throwing money around the, uh to everyone uh at the table and everything and they were like they had nothing to do and they were like, Let's follow him. <laughs> and they saw him leave a car out and get picked up another car and then they decided to stay on that car yeah uh and then from there it kind of branched off to this guy being a middle guy for this huge smuggling ring that's i bet a lot of a lot of i bet a lot of investigations start with like he looks like he's doing something shady. Yep. yeah let's keep an eye on him and then i right. mean I, a- evidence will present violate itself. civil rights probably but yeah but with them, uh, you really didn't have it done in movies before where they showed how a tailing oh, yeah, worked yeah, yeah. and how you pass them off to mm-hmm. another, one of the other yeah. guys on your team. Mm-hmm. And how they did it in this movie was phenomenal because they did it right in the city. And this was uh, Chicago. And uh, because you had that L train, which yeah, was yeah. famous at the end, where he's he's trying to beat the L train, uh, and that was another guerrilla style filmmaking where oh, they just, just freaking. I wonder if he almost ran that baby over. If that was, <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm sure it was a fake baby, but uh, fake baby. <laughs> but that know. was a scene where they, they literally strapped real, the camera to the uh, uh, oh, yeah. car and went out the yep. next morning and did it without permission. no permits, no nothing. Um, yep, just they yeah. just do went it. out and did That's it. That's awesome. That's the way you do but filming, the, folks. But with the tailing, where you saw like they had like three people on their team, it was. Gene Hackman, Roy Schneider, and the other guy. And they started with, like, the other guy. And they're following that French guy around the city. And once he looks at you, you're made. And you you just leave. You know, right. And it, you get picked up. It gets picked up by Schneider, who he'll go as far as he can until he gets made, or if hopefully he doesn't. But in this situation, he did. And then it went all the way down to <coughs> Gene Hackman, man. And uh, It was great how he outsmarted Gene oh, Hackman, man, too. When they, were, when they were at the subway when train... They, well, yeah, when they got it to yeah. the subway car, and he was in, and he like did the fake out, yeah, the fake walk out. He stepped out, but then stepped right back in to uh-huh. uh, leave Hackman outside. And Hackman at that point didn't realize he was made at all. Yeah, and not until he drove by and he gave him that little wave on uh, the French guy waved at him on the thing and just pissed him off to yeah. no end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, See, that's I mean, why cell phones you just call, hey shut that train. Down. Yeah, no, right? yeah, but I mean you know that's got to be frustrating you know if you're fucking tailing somebody and it's a giant case and everything like that. Oh, and yeah. All of a sudden you know you think everything's going fine and somebody just like boop yeah. got you. Yeah. You know yeah, like bitch, yeah exactly. <laughs> you know, and and you're just like I mean I imagine that would just like rush you know your adrenaline and shut you down immediately because you'd be like fuck what do i do now mm-hmm. like that'd just be a, a fucking <laughs> and the lack situation. of communication that was around in 71 too. yeah there was no cell phones to let people know i mean they had they yeah, were like probably wired walkie talkie yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so it was like when you were out there you're just kind of out there i think yeah uh this was another movie that reminded me of how how easy it is to show how cold something is in a movie do you remember them standing across the street at the italian restaurant it's a great scene where they're following the Italian guy, mm-hmm. who was the initial guy that they got uh, wind of, mm-hmm. and they're across the street of the Italian restaurant uh, holding coffee, and they are—they look so frigging cold, and they're yeah. stomping their feet, and they're trying to... I wonder to, how cold uh, it was. It could have just been really cold. Yeah, right? Chicago, so... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It gets cold every day. In- yeah. Yeah, I know, right? And, all, and they don't call it the Windy City for nothing, yeah, man. Yeah, man. And uh, it really showed a lot of stuff, including like... Uh, like I said earlier, the how much of an asshole that character was, and where Gene Hackman could go with that. Because remember him when he goes in the bar and he oh just yeah shakes everybody down yeah, but then he takes all the drugs and shit and he puts it in a cup full yeah. of beer or something and like and shakes, shakes it, up it up and like pours it on the bar like 
God, you got some people mad at you right well, now. Remember, well, <laughs> remember the scene that was behind that is he was going in to talk to an undercover informant. And remember, he pulled him in the bathroom. He got really angry at some guy oh, in the yeah, bar. Yeah, yeah. Pulled him in the bathroom. Yeah. You thought he was going to kick his ass? But he needed to he, press pretense I, to I get him out of the room. I think he was even a cop. I'm, I'm not sure if he was a cop or if he was he, an informant. He might have been a cop. Uh, and they had this very civil conversation and, and everything. And then he roughed him and up And then again. he had to like throw him out. And, yeah. <laughs> Next time, let there be a lesson to you or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so it was That's really clever how, how they, it, I guess. Uh, they showed those little things. Or when he mm-hmm. uh, confronted the guy in the uh, alley. Uh, you ever pick your yeah, pick Pete Pete He would just say some random shit that made no sense just to kind of rile uh, uh, one of the prisoners or one of his uh, kind of people he's trying to shake down. It was crazy to watch him do it. But, I saw an interview with the – I think I saw an interview with the real – Popeye Doyle. Or the real Popeye. He's in the movie. Oh, wow. He plays their their boss. He oh, plays yeah. the chief of police. But I, I think oh, I saw really? an interview yeah. with him. Like It was pretty interesting. Yeah. Huh. He could tell he was an yeah, asshole. Yeah, you could tell. <laughs> <laughs> and the other guy, the guy that plays Schneider, he was alive, and he had several uh, roles in the movie, too. He, he played one of the, uh, the cops, hmm. uh, and you could see him from different scenes in it. Was that American Gangster when they talked about how the, the coke that uh, the the heroin that um, oh, Denzel no the cop the dirty cop Brolin Brolin's character played that's was the heroin they were stealing that heroin got stolen was oh, kept yeah, in, yeah, yeah, yeah. They in didn't make police a evidence to it and the cops would come in and they would do what Josh Brolin did, did they it was ninety nine percent pure yeah they, they would take it, it in another room they would yeah. cut it they'd yeah. stick the unpure baby, stuff back yeah, baby powder or, or just cut it a little baby bit soda, and, yeah. they use. and put it back and they stretch that shit out the cops stole so much of that stuff oh, I'm sure that's been going on I'm, and no doubt in the 70s if we could know it because people are holding cops and criminals accountable for everything these days you could it would shock the shit out of us if, if books were to be opened and we realized what happened in the 70s and oh, how, many, I bet. how much forced uh, confessions and uh uh, planted evidence was on people. Yeah. I think we'd be friggin' surprised. I think that and stuff Popeye, goes on today. Yeah, I'm, no. I'm <laughs> telling you, I, I'm not, I don't think he really did it in this movie, and deep down he had a level of integrity where he wanted to find the bad guy and everything, but I would not put it past the Popeye Doyle character to plant evidence on something. Oh, yeah. Right. If they were knew they were guilty, but it, this came down to that kind of shock ending, too, which it, it really kind of stirred the audiences. It was a lot of movies that weren't ended at this period of time just suddenly with the audience to interpret what happened. Do you mm. remember exactly how uh, I don't. French it, Connection? I, I saw it in like 1987. Yeah. You it's know a, what I mean? It's a fabulous one to, Go uh, for to it. revisit too. Uh, I try to watch give it, it away. at least once a year. What's that? Oh yeah, give it by away. all means, please. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, this was an easy one to uh, give away because it's kind of open-ended anyways. No one knows what happened. Yeah. Uh, so he's chasing the, the French guy through the uh, uh, it's like a factory like a uh, kind of a factory that's like abandoned or something mm-hmm. and uh he's this was the one of uh hackman's uh greatest performances in the movie because he was almost like a different person when he's in there uh shooting uh because remember at one point he shoots he shoots the cop roy he schneider shoot, not roy schneider another guy oh he thinks it's the french guy and he shoots him in the doorway and everything and instead of being concerned like roy schneider came up and said you shot so-and-so and then you could see it in Gene Hackman's eyes that he didn't even give a fuck. Right. He said, he, he's, still got a, he's still out there, and he needs to go after him. So you see the French guy turn the corner. You see uh, 
Gene Hackman turn the corner right after him. You hear a gunshot, and the credits roll. No and, shit. And you don't know who shot who or what happened, and I loved it. I, wow. I'm a big fan of that types of thing in movies. I know a lot of it people. It pisses people off sometimes. Oh, man, it pisses a lot of people off. It pisses my me mom, off. My, but... <laughs> mom would, my mom would probably lose her. She doesn't like when movies don't have a concrete ending like that. Yeah. And I, I don't. I like them being open, man. I want to uh, keep it up in the air. Yeah. I, it pisses me off when they do that, but... At the same time, I appreciate it. You know what I mean? Like as an artist, I mean it's it's ballsy, and I like the idea. I I always think my idea is at least on par, or better than some of the movies I'm watching. So I could come up with my own ending and right. be just as happy with it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was it was fabulous, and it launched the hell out of his career. He won the Oscar for uh, for best actor in it, and after that, he could do whatever the hell he wanted. And he did. Yep. So I don't go specifically in. Uh, chronological order here but this next one actually is since french connection was one of his early ones and uh as we go along we can mention a couple ones that we didn't put on this list that are certainly amazing one of the other ones in the 70s that wasn't on this list was that conversation do you remember that one i don't this is a francis Ford coppola one where he's just in a room listening to surveillance oh okay I and did he hears that. yeah, yeah. He here's uh it's not uh it's the girl who plays shirley from laverne and shirley uh can't remember her name. Uh, Williams, Cindy Williams. She she's in the park talking to somebody, and he hears something. He's doing surveillance there for some government agents we don't know about. And the whole movie is him just like it's a very technical movie, which you would like about it, where he's just uh, scrubbing lines and scrubbing backgrounds to hear what he can hear and trying to piece it together all by himself in this room. It's almost like a one man show for hmm. Gene Hackman. Really good. Uh, that's not on the list. <laughs> what is on the list is one of his first outings as a straight-up villain and one of those very fun, likable villains where, uh, especially as a young age, you were like, why do I like this guy, man? <laughs> he was uh, very charismatic. Uh, unlike, unlike Negan in Walking Dead where I don't know how – I can understand him being charismatic, but the idea – it always comes back to the one horrible thing he he did – that no one can forgive him for is uh, the the killing of the two guys in that one episode. Uh, in uh, this movie, so we're talking about Superman, 1978. Uh, Gene Hackman played Lex Luthor, and he was just so, he so goddamn likable, man. Yeah, he's so good at it. <laughs> it was mas- so charismatic. The master criminal real estate developer yeah. that wants to... It wants to carve off part of the coastline, and you know, <laughs> and he was. You're right. He was absolutely awesome in that. Who was the guy that was his side? Ned Beatty. Ned Beatty. Ned Beatty. Otis. Yes, dude. <laughs> and Miss uh, Miss Tess Mocker. You know, but uh, him and Ned Beatty, I oh, loved man. their shtick in the movie. Ned Beatty's another guy that we could easily make a list of him here. Because He's great. He, he can play evil as shit. He can play sweet the as toy. hell. The I toy. I love him and the toy. He can play that everyman guy. Uh, and then... Uh, Jack Brown, so then we, uh, but then you've got him in like uh, White Lightning, where he is the yep. asshole fucking yeah. uh, uh, deputy man. So mm. he really transformed himself, and he, and he realized I'm going to play the bumbling idiot, and I'm going to play it to the hilt. Yeah. And, uh, yes, sir, Mr. Luthor. Yeah. <laughs> and just being that idiot. Yeah. And I loved, and really, this was unlike anything Gene Hackman had done. And I don't know what gave him the idea to just play that character like that, because yeah. on paper. Uh, I mean, maybe the dialogue kind of reads that way, but uh, I think his light, uh, lightheartedness, because he has that, Gene Hackman has that uh, Tom Hanks quality, you know? Oh, yeah. That yeah. you, you want to like him, you know you like him, you know he's a good guy in real life. Right, but also, you know, in this movie, like, 
if you weren't Superman and knew who Lex Luthor was, if you were Joe Schmo on the street and you heard about him in the news or something, I don't think you'd know he's a supervillain. Yeah. I think he would be that charismatic, hey, how are you? Yeah, da, yeah, da, da. Yeah. He may shoot you when you leave. Yeah. You know what I mean? But And I think that was kind of that likable quality. Yeah. Well, he, he wasn't psychotic. He wasn't psychotic. Like the Joker. Like yeah. You couldn't, yeah, you couldn't yeah. even be in the same room with the Joker and right. not expect him to shoot you at any moment. Right, yeah. Uh, with Lex Luthor, he would screw you over, but if he He saw, had to have a reason to. If, yeah. if he saw any use in you, you certainly would stick around. And he would be your buddy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there was just that, you knew he was a criminal, but he was a likable guy, yeah. you know, and so it was just—it was awesome. I loved his role in that. <laughs> and you think of the different birdcage on this? Uh, birdcage is not, but okay. we had talked about that before. <laughs> and that's another great one with him. But even to branch off to like uh, Superman Two, he was really yep. funny when they were had to escape escape from, from, from the from prison. Yeah, I <laughs> came up with that holographic thing of them oh, playing yeah, chess, yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. while that's going on, they're outside, and you know, uh, you Otis is yep, and yeah. Otis is stepping on the uh, the thing, and it, the balloon keeps going lower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he's got to cut Otis loose. And, uh, he's just great, man. That's right, yeah. Dan. Yeah. <laughs> he just sees the rope. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I can't remember. I think it's two um, where he kind of tries to dupe Superman in Superman's, like, what is it? His the so, Fortress, so, oh, of Fortress of Solitude. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're all there, and he tells them about the crystal, and it'll reverse the powers. Yeah, that was at the end with the... Uh, was that one or, or No, two? it was two. Two, okay, yeah. And then... Um, because remember, it was the three uh, strong guys right. there, the Terrence Stamp remember and the, the... You know who got top billing in this movie? Uh, Marlon Brando. Yeah, in the first one, yeah. Top billing. Yeah, he, that's, that was 78. And he was a huge actor. Funny story is <laughs> they gave him the lines, mm-hmm. and he kept saying Krypton. He, he said, instead of saying Krypton, he'd say Krypton. And, he's, uh. and they're like... He's not saying the line right. And they're right. like, do you want to go tell him? Yeah. <laughs> and they let him say it wrong. Yeah, hey, well. <laughs> and it stayed know, in the movie. Well, I mean, I'm glad because then Gene Hackman was him. And, you know, I think he did a great job. Oh, he did a phenomenal job, man. And, uh, yeah, that's the end of two is when, uh, remember, they uh, he goes in there and he's supposed to lose his powers, but everyone outside of there right. loses their powers. Yeah. You still not seen the, uh, have you seen the Richard Donner cut yet? Uh, you really need to watch number two again and uh-huh. then borrow the number, uh, the Richard Donner cut that I have because it was a completely different film. Huh. They fired Richard Donner during number two and he never got to make his movie. The producers pieced it, uh, pieced it together and it's the version we always saw. Really? So it's the version you'll probably like more, but uh, it's very interesting how it's a completely different movie. Really? Which one did Stuff you like? Stuff in Niagara Falls. Which one did you it's like? It's gone. It's not even in the movie. No anymore. kidding. It's, it's like What's a whole hurry, Superman? Yeah. yeah. And it was, as a kid, that was fun, and I loved all that stuff. <laughs> the kid playing on the rail that kept grabbing. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's something I would have done. Yeah, yeah I, I'd, actually, I'd really like to check that out. I think yeah. that'd be awesome. Did you? Which one did you like more? I, I was surprisingly, I thought I was going to like the one I grew up with because I watched a, a shitload growing up. It was one of the, it was the first video we ever rented from a video store uh-huh. was Superman 2. Uh, but I surprisingly liked the, uh, the Richard Donner cut a lot more because I realized, I knew the backstory of what he had to go through to get this made. And there were some scenes in the movie, and I might have mentioned this on our superhero pod, that they... Uh, they used scenes from the uh, rehearsals that they actually happened to be in wardrobe during the rehearsals. And they left uh-huh. them in the movie? And they, well, they, uh, no, this was the Richard, to, for Richard Donner to make yeah. his cut. Right. He had That's to use had to rehearsal use. footage, but wow. they looked exactly the same. That's great. And he puts them in there and you wouldn't even know if no one huh. had told you that that was a rehearsal That's crazy. footage. Right. So yeah, it was weird how he had to piece it together to get it work. But. So just in bringing up Superman, I have to ask, did you watch Superman 3? 
Yes. Yeah. I did watch Superman. You, you got through the. I liked it. Yeah, yeah. I got through it with a near a tear was shed. All right. <laughs> see, I still haven't seen it, but I knew Which that one? it was. But Superman three. Remember, I, I had told earlier that when I was like six or seven years old, I saw it in the theater, and uh, when that end scene came and that girl gets sucked into the machine and becomes a robot, I started crying, and mom had to take me out of the theater. Uh, and I hadn't seen it since then, just because I haven't hadn't popped <laughs> He's up. Still scared of this? No, no, it no. just hadn't popped up. And then I right. saw the uh, DVD at Eric's store, and I was like, boom, I'm buying it. Yeah. Uh, and everything and i'd watch it and yeah i mean it's six-year-old mind a little different 42 year old mind it looked pretty hey cheesy. but that's progress but it was man. still creepy you know? i could s- still see it as a creepy scene to play to like uh kids under like eight yeah for sure <laughs> yeah but the movie was so bad other than getting to see christopher was it Reeve. was it um, that was the one where he, gave it, he stopped losing a, uh giving a shit was yeah, Richard Richard Pryor? Pryor. but superman stopped caring after a while they that's had, right uh, and i didn't mind that one right, richard he, Pryor was great the guy getting his ass kicked in the street and uh Christopher Reeves drinking inside. That's created so many great memes <laughs> from him drinking. Yeah, uh, I've seen a great meme where like uh, where it's it said uh, he said I'm not going to New York City. New York City is a shithole. Let the Flash deal with this or something. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got the uh, whiskey tip back and everything. Yeah, it's funny. That's awesome. Uh, all right, so the next one and this was a later one. We're going to jump ahead twenty years, twenty to 1998, and this was a really great one. And this changed a lot of uh, movies. Around this time, and this was the fabulous Tony Scott movie, Enemy of the State. Oh, yeah, so this good. Is this, my, was, this, this is my movie right this here. Could this, be, has, this could be a horror movie if it's looked at just right because of how scary real? technology is. How scary yeah. real life is? Yeah. yeah, how scary real life is. And, this and what year did this come out? 98. Yeah, and not that we didn't know this type of stuff was happening, but it was all clear as day, and how we, and how fast it was when they showed the satellites move around. That was some of my favorite favorite stuff of yep. the movie was you and, know just satellite imagery. Boom! Here's this street map. Boom! Here's this street map. Just you know, and like, the supporting cast: Jack there, Black, Jack Black, Jamie awesome. Kennedy, uh, yeah. Seth Green. Isn't that crazy? The uh, three of them. Yep. There's a lot of people. Uh, Barry Pepper was one of the uh, main guys. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, that's Jason right. He was Lee. the one that gave the shot the guy with yep. the needle, I think. Yep. That was Jason Robards that got the shot. It was uh, John Voight. I mean, he pulled Th- the other this a, series um, cast. Now, was this a Grisham This was Brookheimer and... Uh, novel. Was this a novel? No, I don't think so. This was a Brookheimer and Don Simpson when Don Simpson was still alive. This was in their heyday when they did The Rock and they did Armageddon. But that was an enemy of the This State. was a good am story. I, am I incorrect that Will Smith was in oh, this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, all right, because you're naming all these actors, but, and I'm like, yeah. I forgot what about this. the main guy? The main guy. <laughs> Lisa Bonet was in this Lisa movie, too. Oh, that's right, Probably the yeah. hottest I've ever seen her, too. John Voight was the bad guy. John Voight was the bad guy. I can't remember who played his wife, but it was, one of the, it was Craig's sister from Friday. Played uh, Will Smith's oh, wife yeah, too. Yeah, she yeah. was really good in this. It was very cloak and dagger. Uh, it was actually. very cloak and dagger, Super but it, and it showed really it was about uh, the technology and what could uh, what could be accomplished through satellites, Absolutely. and through everyone's security cameras and yep. everything can be connected. One of the most powerful, and we should mention, Gene Hackman doesn't even come into this room, uh, movie until like an hour in. Right, yeah. and so it's it's developing that uh, Jason Lee. Now, how does he get hooked up with him? Uh, well, I'll tell you, uh, through Lisa Bonet. Who Lisa Bonet? Lisa, that was one of Lisa Bonet's uh, contacts. And remember, uh, he went to uh, to visit him uh, covertly, and he ran into uh, some guy pretending to be him, and it was Gabriel Byrne. Yeah, yeah. Gabriel mm-hmm. Byrne uh, in the cab. Yeah, in the very uh, uh, marathon manish. It was just very similar to how uh, what's his name picked up. Uh, 
uh, Dustin Hoffman yep. and drove him all over the town to find out what he realized uh, that he had he does no shit. <laughs> but uh, it started with Jason Lee. Remember, he was doing his like duck study in uh, by the oh, lake, yeah. and so he, he had, had one like, of those hidden cameras, those, right, those yeah. blinds. So it, it just happened blinds. to catch uh, yeah. Barry Pepper killing, murdering uh, Jason Robards, killing Jason Robards, and connected all those guys. And uh, one guy at the police scene saw him remove that camera and the tape, and from that point on. Jason Lee, that whole scene where Jason Lee's on runs the, bike, into the runs, oh, yeah. runs into the laundry oh, store and, yeah. and basically the, dumps the dumps it. In ooh, the, he, he, his bag. he gets yeah. hit by the bus. Oh yeah. yeah, that was a good right, shot. Seth Green's like he's yeah. down. He's yeah. way, he's way, way down. down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that so, was a great movie. Oh, it was, it was such a good so movie. good, really, really and, good. And again, uh, you know, another one of those movies, mm. just in my opinion, that at that time that was leading edge, you know, technology for movies. And I'm sure even if that stuff didn't actually exist, within six months of that movie existing, yeah, yeah. it was almost like a they porn identity that, movie, you know, really. Yeah, yeah. except it, he didn't. Ha- he wasn't. Will Smith wasn't an agent. This right. time period between '95 and 2000, action movies were completely changing, and it was because of. Uh, uh, Brookheimer and Don Simpson. Mm. Like I said, they had done The Rock. When The Rock came out, it was like, holy crap. Yeah. I mean, this is like so action packed. And even the stuff in Armageddon that wasn't sappy, that action was like pounding oh. action, oh, yeah. man. Yeah, don't do it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming across. Yeah, I'm going to Because I kiss you, baby. I cut him out. So, anyways, let's let's get to uh, the the man on this is Gene Hackman, and this has got to be that character you love to play, that character that knows friggin' everything. Yeah. Uh, and uh, remember, I, you just blow up that building. I blew up the building because you made a phone call. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, right. Like, he had his whole building. Oh like, building wired. It was yeah. all wired, and he was watching everything and all that stuff with him, uh, him and his cat in there, and it was. What was very interesting about it when you watched the conversation, that one I was telling you earlier about, that one that Francis Ford Coppola did where he was in the room during the surveillance, mm-hmm. it almost looks like the Brill character is him 20, oh, wow. 25 years That's later. That's really cool, and he's yeah. still in that place right. surveilling everybody. That's really cool. And uh, it, it really I mean, Somebody must like have that. brought that up. That's pretty cool. I'm though. wondering if it is because it, I, obviously it might be an homage it to that. It can be for right. you. And, in my mind, when I watch it, it certainly is. Yeah. I watch the conversation, then I yeah. watch it. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, you know, I love, and I think it might be Barry Pepper that does this. I don't remember if he's still around in the movie at that point. But when he goes and switches out all of Will Smith's clothes, the yeah. shoes, the watch, and, and everything like that. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, the he, little transmitters. He the transmitters. That yeah. was when... Remember he found as one soon as he meets him on shoe? top of the building, he hands him his shoe and he yep. like pulls. The he throws thing his out pants out of the window. The building. That one. No, just, remember the Asian couple? He busts into the Asian couple. Oh yeah, couple's and they, they were sitting on the edge of the bed. She yeah. says she's doing a striptease. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And he's throwing his pants out the thing, and yep. Seth Green's like, "We just lost his pants. We just lost his belt. <laughs> yep. and this whole shit, man." They thought he jumped. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Whatever happened to Barry Pepper, man? You know, that just hit me, too. I don't he know, was, man. He was fucking huge for like 10 years. Then, oh, yeah. Man. He was in a lot of good movies, and he just kind of disappeared. What, uh, what was the Army movie? That's oh, what oh was Saving Private Ryan. That was probably his Sniper, best yeah. thing, man. Oh, he was, really was good. good he was good in 61. Did you ever see that? Oh, it was, yeah. It was an HBO yeah, yeah, yeah. movie. That was yeah. the one directed the by uh, Billy Crystal. Billy Crystal. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know the Maris family, like the majority of them. Lives in Gainesville Country Club. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's cool. I, I didn't realize I lived, that's where they live. Yeah, cool. I had they had to deliver them a newspaper like yeah, twenty years ago. Huh. One of their their <laughs> uh, their son was like really good friends with my brother growing up. So, Hated baseball, you know. didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what? Another great uh, actor we didn't mention in this that had a very pivotal scene was the Tom Sizemore uh, character because remember he had. Uh, 
Will Smith had a tape on him. He was a mobster that he had a tape on. Oh, yeah. He told him he was right. going to kill him right. if he didn't right. show him with the tape. Mm-hmm. So at the end, when Will Smith got in the bind, he told John Voight that's where the tape was. Yep. So he had the uh, the NSA guys show up at Tom Sizemore, and they had that crazy, crazy shootout, which yeah. was also reminiscent to another Tony Scott movie, True Romance, hmm. which you still need to see that. Wow. That's, that's, right up, that that's right yeah. up there as one of Tony Scott's best films. We really lost a good director when Tony Scott died, man. Mm. He did a lot of Man on Fire. Was him. He didn't have Days to go. Of, Days of Thunder was Tony Scott. Yeah, uh, a lot of great, great flicks by him. But Enemy of the State was one of those. <clears throat> and I should mention uh, this next one, Tony Scott. Oh wow! Also, you John planned Simpson. that. <laughs> yeah, I did. This is '95, so we'll go back a few years. So this is kind of the start of when those action movies happened. And if you even watch the trailer for this movie, man, you you could tell that this movie is like action packed. And this was another movie where he packed it with those unknown actors. And so this was 1995's *Crimson Tide*. Yeah. <clears throat> now, if you think of the like low-level guys on the ship, Viggo Mortensen, yeah. James Gandolfini, yeah. Ricky yep. Schroeder. The guy from Bronx Tale. Yeah, uh, he, was, yeah he, was he was the, the radio one who was operator. Fixing yeah. the radio. Uh, <clears throat> who else was in this? Uh, you had the uh, that big guy that was in. Uh, damn, he always plays like a dad. Or something. Yeah, he was he like was third the, in he command. Was, yeah, he was kinda, third in command. Yeah, and you had uh, that black guy and the guy with the glasses. I remember him. Uh, those guys too. But basically, you got Gene Hackman and you got Denzel Washington. Just man, both at the top of their game. Oh, we talk so about good. Denzel a lot. Man. Yeah, uh, well, he's, podcast, I mean, he's, he's great. He is. He's probably Hell, we he's need on to just, the we just need to do a, with Films Hall of Fame. Yeah, for yeah. Sure. Denzel's up there. We just need to do a Denzel pod and just get it all out. Yeah, you know <laughs> why we get him? We, get we have him. already yeah. got him all out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you uh, guys remember about some Crimson Tide here? You're a are you a I'm a submarine, submarine movie fan. Yeah. I and, mean, and really, submarine movies. There's three of them that I could not live without, and that's Crimson Tide. Hunt for October, October and Das Boot. Mm. Those, for me, are the three quintessential submarine movies. Uh, and Das Boot's completely in German, and it's like four and a half hours yeah. long. Oh, wow. And it's phenomenal. Wow. It's, and this movie was weird because you didn't know who to pull for, really. Right. Because it's true. Army and all the military is based on the fact that Chain of Command. there's Chain a of bunch command. of rules and we only work if we follow rules because of course you're not going to run into that hail of bullets right but if you say yes to everything that i say yeah when it comes time for you to run into that hail of bullets you're, you're, you're gonna, gonna do, do it because you say yes to everything i say right and for someone to like well tell us what see the, conundrum, the gravity the so is. I, there were under something had happened and the country was on high alert yeah we were on, so the, on the verge of on war the verge of war with russia, russia so yeah. they had put the submarine um with nuclear with nuclear weapons, weapons on, it. on it on a on a course to position themselves in there and then they got a emergency they got an emergency message. call and and it comes across like a teletype like a, like yeah. a text would do and right. gene hackman's like oh shit the shit's gone down well it's important to say that it gets breaking up halfway it gets broken through. up halfway through yeah. and they couldn't read it yeah. denzel washington took one side and said listen we need to confirm this we can't just because they needed both this keys. was like missile launching yeah message. Yeah. yeah yeah like they have like they're gonna be fueling yeah. their missiles yeah World you, know, War you have three 10 minutes like, exactly. you need to right now <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, what yeah, now? Yeah, what exactly. right now? Yeah. And, and, and like you said, you can you can see both people's positions yeah. where uh I lent stronger towards Denzel because I certainly wouldn't want to make the wrong decision. Exactly. Uh, yeah. if if we were at war already, I mean so one less thing bomb didn't get launched towards them when we right. all but died. also you but, could be the start of yeah, the I don't war want to be the start just by of making the, the wrong decision. But what was fabulous about this was 
early on in the movie, you could see the sides being set. Mm-hmm. You could see that Gandolfini loved fucking Gene Hackman. Right. And that uh, what they did was great with this was Viggo Mortensen sided, kind of sided with both of them. He right. was like Denzel's friend, but he was also kind of leaning towards uh, Gene Hackman's side of it and everything. Well, and he had like a conscience of his own yeah. as well, you know. Yeah, and it... A really a lot of great tense scenes, specifically with uh, Gene Hackman, where he loses it on the bridge. Yeah, yeah. and uh, really demands, "Give me your fucking key." And yeah, yeah. Doing I mean, this. he punches him, and he, he punches slaps him, him he punches him, and yeah, Denzel just sits there like, "You're not taking this," you know. Yeah, and he says, "Arrest him, man, arrest him." And, yep. and it, at some point, they had both been arrested. Yeah, mm-hmm. because I think they they arrest Gene Hackman first. Uh, and then they, uh, his men free Gene Hackman. Right. Then they uh, kind of take Denzel over. And it's crazy. Like, this is all taking place in this tiny little space. Oh, yeah. 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 It's like, well, and they had that really intense scene with Ricky Schroeder when the, uh, uh, the area got flooded underneath. And we had to, like, close the doors and mm-hmm. uh, seal them up and let them die. Yep. And remember, Ricky Schroeder's at the top screaming, screaming for them to get out. But they had gotten hit by, like, a bar and everything. And they were, they were gone already. Yeah. They didn't know it. And he had to, like, seal that thing up. Well, yeah, because at the same time, they end up running into another submarine that's firing yeah. fucking torpedoes at them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And It, it had really, everything you wanted in a submarine. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think a lot of a people... A mutiny on board, a fucking enemy in the water. Yeah. It really was... A flooded uh, ship. It, it took what already had happened with... Uh, the only problem anyone who had a problem, I personally did not, had a problem with uh, Hunt for October was it wasn't action enough. You know, so they took what was great about Hunt for October and they just made it. They... Like really pumped. I in the love the Hunt for an October. I do too. Oh yeah, it's, absolutely. It's probably it had, it's probably a better movie uh, when you really break it. That's down. not why I watch submarine uh, movies. I like the yeah. I, that's why I have no problem watching a four and a half hour long German subtitle movie. Yeah, uh, uh, because that I journey just, under the. Twenty thousand leagues under oh, the sea. Awesome that's one of my. I own it. That's a that fantastic awesome. movie. But that was more fun, and you had Kurt. Douglas but I put that. Songs to you made a, You had a submarine list earlier. I'd put that on. Yeah, mm. and it run silent, run deep would be on yeah. there. That great uh, Clark Gable. I didn't one. even mind. I didn't even mind. Oh, U five seven one. U five seven one. U five seven one had some good stuff to it. I like the idea. Of I like the idea that they had to. They had to take over the German, and it had a lot of really great sea actors that I like. Jack Noseworthy and Bon Jovi and um, <laughs> that one guy that's really good. Yeah, we could even go crazy and put uh, uh, the uh, Periscope Down. Scar- <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> oh, Periscope <laughs> Down was so <laughs> good. Yeah, was so I always good. get that in the McHale's Navy. Both of them were good. That was good, too. They were both really good. One you had Kelsey Grammer and one you had Tom Arnold. It was hilarious. Oh, my gosh. We'll have to work that in. <laughs> you know, and just, uh, just one one little aspect of danger that also went on in that movie that I thought was just it, I don't know if maybe I noticed it or whatever. Like, but when they have like the mutiny and then they take Gene Hackman and then he gets free and they go and they do yeah, the yeah. back and forth and then they get down to the point where like the captain's key is yeah. in and they're on their way to go oh, manually yeah, yeah. launch it and they put the gun to Viggo Mortensen's yeah. head and you know and he's that was very stressful yeah and he's and, and I'm you know you're sitting there watching that and you're like but if you kill him he knows the codes yeah. like what can you do so then he just turns to the guy next to him and he's like now you're gonna give me the codes <laughs> yeah. because I'm just gonna kill this guy you yeah, know yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, and so he opens it up and you know he goes to fire one yeah. but then Denzel had gotten the key out you know and so then they're gonna go and everybody's gonna be on the bridge 
you know, and I'm watching this and I'm like, Jesus, all these guys are armed with machine guns. And like they all loved each other like an e- hour ago. Exactly, <laughs> you know? But I mean, and I'm sure a submarine is extremely thick and I doubt oh, a yeah. bullet would go through the hole. Hell no. Maybe, but no. I mean, shit, dude, if you have an all out firefight in the captain, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, in the bridge, like you're all going to die, you know? And this so is just, why mutiny is never a good idea. For man. real. It, it's a career ender too. And it, uh, you know, if you're on the wrong side of this, when you guys get mm, back, yeah. your career is over. And that's man. what happened. And that's you always got to ask yourself you what side of history shot. do you want to be on, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I, I even find myself telling people that or uh, thinking it myself with how uh, things are in the world now. What, oh, yeah. what side of history do you want to be on when yeah. it's all over, man? Because shit will slow down and shit will uh, mellow out, but yeah. it's, it's going to be a change. And with Gene Hackman, too, you know, he, he went out and recommended uh, Denzel at the end of that movie. Yep. Remember, he went out like a gentleman and just uh, admitted he was wrong. Yep. About the lippin, uh, those stallions yeah, too. Yeah, the Portuguese. Lippin, what is it? Lippin sizer stallions or something? Yeah, the one the high step. Yeah. Well, the, one of them was they were born. Uh, well, he says they're they all born, white. He yeah. says they're all white. But they and were then, born black. Yeah, and yeah, Denzel yeah. says, "Yeah, they are, but they were born black, yeah, yeah. and they're from Spain." Yeah. And he's like, oh, "I didn't know that. I didn't know that." <laughs> you know? <laughs> a great, great yeah. little moment they had that together. And it was uh, with Tony Scott. He loves to use some of the same people, and like uh, he. Gandolfini was typecast as that asshole for a long time. Oh yeah, because he was in, he was the asshole in Terminal in, Velocity. He was, he the, was asshole the asshole in True Romance, romance and yep. then he was the asshole. Oh, his in scenes this. in True Romance was so good. Uh, his stuff in uh, Terminal Velocity. Do you remember Terminal Velocity? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. the Wesley Snipes. Movie? Uh, yeah. No, that's Drop Zone. Oh, I thought get your parachute movies right, Charlie Sheen man. Was oh, that's right. That's yeah, so funny. That's oh, right. Everyone does that. Everyone yeah. confuses drop zone and terminal. That's velocity. right. Yeah. They came out at the same exact time. Yeah. Yep. Two <laughs> two parachute movies. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, now with this next movie here, I gotta hurry up neither and get one of them gold. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna shoot back to 1992, back. and we're gonna go mm. to the movie that won him his second uh, Oscar, and this is Unforgiven. Great and movie. Unforgiven, man. It. It blew my we, mind when it came out. It, it we, did we see we it, it together? To, yeah. And, yeah, it was so... Yeah. It was dark. Like, oh, yeah. Not only the film quality, but the, the, the story, tone, yeah. the tone, Does, everything. Did mom like this movie? Because it seemed oh, like she a movie oh, yeah, that yeah. she would love. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I saw I, that one in theater with my dad. Yeah, we yeah. got out and we were amazed by it. And it was one of those movies that you knew Gene Hackman was going to win for it. Uh, you didn't know how many other awards it was going to win, but it just had a great, great story. God, such a good movie. And it's like... His character from Quick and the Dead taken down like ten notches. Right. Yeah. He wasn't necessarily a bad guy. He just handled the situation poorly. When uh, I mean, they just didn't look at women as the same. Yeah. Yeah. And prostitutes, they didn't look at them even less. I mean, exponentially. Well, and the other thing too is, is you know, in a role where you're the tough guy and you're also the bad guy. Eventually, you're going to meet somebody who's yeah. tougher than you are. Yeah. You know what I mean? His name and is Clint Eastwood. Exactly. You know what I mean? And so, <laughs> and like, Morgan Freeman. Yeah, Morgan Freeman. yeah, dude. And uh, I don't know. Morgan Freeman turned out to be pretty inept in that movie once he had left. Yeah, he couldn't do it. He, he couldn't do it. He, he, he couldn't do, do anything. Well. Remember, he couldn't even see him when they were scoping the guys out. He had to take. Who was the kid they had? That was the kid who couldn't see him. The kid couldn't see him. Remember, he had. Oh, the kid couldn't. The kid couldn't. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that was my favorite scene of the whole movie. And Gene Hackman's not in that scene, but. You know, when they're on the mountains and they have the high ground on them and those, you know, the, the, I guess they're bounty hunters or whatever, you know, are looking for them and, you know, they start shooting and he hits the guy in the gut, yeah. Yeah. you know, and, uh, like basically everybody knows this guy's going to die and in the middle of the shootout, you know, they're like, 
he's begging for some water, yeah, you know, yeah. and he's like, give, give him, him some, some goddamn water. water. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. Well, you're going to shoot. And he's like, I'm not going to shoot you. <laughs> like, I don't know. How do I know? He's like, I'll give you my word. I'm not, you know, and he let in the middle of a fucking gunfight, <laughs> yeah. you know, lets him go over. I bet there was, a, there was a lot more honor like yeah. that. It, it's funny. Cause the, you know what that reminds me of? It was one scene. It was in a civil war movie where they were posing sides around and they like, one borrowed a cigarette from the other and they walked out together. Mm-hmm. And you would think that that was like they fought yeah, yeah, and then that, the fight was over. Yeah. And then they fought. They that wasn't, was either gods or generals or Gettysburg. Yeah. It was, I think probably was Gettysburg. Mm. But it, it, it's like, that. yeah, they, you know, they fought differently back then. As well. Right. Yeah. There was honor. I love the uh, scene with Richard Harris and I think it's very oh. uh, playing English Bob. English he, Bob. It really oh, showed yeah. a lot about uh, Gene, Gene Hackman's yeah. character and how it was the duality of like for some reason, he thought the prostitutes were lesser than everyone, but he wouldn't let certain people in the town at all, and the English Bob was one of them. You couldn't right. bring your guns in. Yeah. yeah. Guns, and then he smuggled his guns in, yeah. remember? Mm-hmm. And it had one of my favorite lines, where he says, I thought oh. you were dead. Even I thought I was dead. Then yeah. I just realized I was just in Nebraska. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, him just, like, belittling him and, like, literally kicking his ass uh, out of town. In his that weaselly guy that was doing the biography, Yeah, too. he had a writer oh, yeah. with him, From you know? From Romance. Yeah. Uh, he was the, the Saul guy. That's right. Who does the drug deal at the That's end. That's right. Uh, and how he was, like, just was so willing to switch, switch sides. sides. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He just wanted to sell his story. He yeah. Fuck. But that shootout, when he shows up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. When he shows up. Well, they oh, made a big mistake. They, so they, good. Not only killing That's, Morgan Freeman, but, but displaying, displaying him. his body like that, uh, man. Just when I saw yeah. it, I was like, like, oh, I would kill what are you going to do? Kill, kill all of us? Yeah. And it not made it even... You. <laughs> Some of those small scenes with Gene Hackman too really developed that uh, Oscar-winning character. Like even him working on, on his, his house, on his house, yeah. and that was kind of one of his last lines. Yep. He's like, "I'm not supposed to die like this. I'm yeah. building a house." Yeah, you know, and it's one of those weird, random things you could see yourself thinking in your last yeah. moments. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah, like, man! Like that, and this is. But the problem is, you make horrible decisions, especially back in this time period. They're going to come back and uh, kick you in the ass. Yeah, and who would? You displaying this guy's friend's body. Yeah. I mean, how do you think he just underestimated Clint Eastwood and what he was willing to do? You know? I just remembered how evil he was in Quick in the Dead oh. at the beginning with Gary Sinise. I forgot about that. Oh scene. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or even with my mind is wandering. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or even with his own son, he killed his own son. Yeah, yeah no uh, shit. And he was a scumbag in that movie. <laughs> All right, so now we're going into this kind of midway movie. You haven't here. said my favorite one yet, and if it's not on there, I'm gonna. I'm oh, protesting. Oh, oh, so. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'll be in trouble. Yeah, right. All right, let me name this movie real quick. So this is kind of that segue movie where it has both Gene Hackman and Francis McDormand in it. All and right. it's 19- I like what I'm hearing. We'll go to you in a second. It's 1988's Mississippi Burger. No game. Uh, Jesus. Oh, oh, was that Christ it? Christ no. yeah. <laughs> we were on the edge there. Right? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Dave's about to fucking quit. I don't know why I love this movie so much mm. uh, i mean it's really good it's it's a difficult it, it's a, matter it's a difficult sure. subject matter and and some of those actors had to say some just uh, horrible michael, Ryle, rooker. michael Mike. rooker and uh what's his name arlie emory Emer- rat terrier <laughs> what's oh, brad, Dorf, brad yeah. Dorf. but arlie emory who just died this last week That's played right. the mayor in this movie had a great scene that we'll talk about in a little bit here uh such a shame to lose him he was great i know dude uh but uh yeah you had gene hackman you have willem dafoe and uh, French McDermott plays. Uh, She's Brad Dorf's wife. Brad Dorf's wife, who is like who hates the, the who is like the only likable person yeah. in the South at, at this <laughs> and point. And she's like 
and and one of her the scene when she meets up with um, Gene Hackman, it's just you can tell that she doesn't want to be there, but that's the way it is in the South. Yeah, like her acquiescing to, and you could tell right. she's there's a scene where she's holding the black baby uh, and just having a great time with her friend, and then uh, Brad Dorf walks out, and you can tell that she has to hand that baby over right away, and, right? And she probably, and this was like Brad Dorf had only uh, done. Uh, a few movies uh, before this, and actually, Child's Play came out the same year as this. So this was the year when he started going full out crazy in movies. Because remember, his first movie ever was uh, One Flew the Cuckoo's Nest, yeah. uh, playing one of those crazy intense scenes as Billy, uh, uh, as Billy the stuttering guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, a great movie. The, the, he was not likable in this movie at all. And it was one of Gene Hackman's best scenes where he confronted him. Uh, remember, he realized he beat the shit out of. Francis McDermott. Oh, yeah, yeah, and, uh, It was a whole bunch of other so, stuff that was going on. Is that the barber on. scene? When well, the barber in... scene is where uh, what I'm talking about. Okay. Yeah, we eventually <laughs> comes in there. and uh, Why anyone would let someone use a fucking straight razor on Yeah, tell us what me. happened in the scene. He just kind of... So he, those, the barber's like shaving him and all of a sudden Gene Hackman yeah. just grabs the... And you don't see it yeah. yet. You don't see it until Brad Dorf opens his eyes and yeah, then they show the mirror well, and, and, shot. and that's one thing. Okay, I, I might let some professional barber shave me <laughs> yeah. with a straight razor. But I'm not closing my fucking eyes. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. you know, somebody's just going to walk up. I don't know how well you remember the scene, but Brad Dorf was scared shitless. Mm. He didn't oh, say a word. No, he was scared he shitless. He didn't say a whole word to it. And remember at the end. He was kind of sniveling going along. Like, uh, Michael Rooker was the badass of the Well, group. yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, if you watch Brad Dorf's in this, because remember at the end where he, he passes out. He is so scared with uh, uh, Gene Hackman. He passes out, and Gene Hackman spins that chair, and it, they have that great wide shot where it just holds on Brad Dorf with his mm. sprawled-out spread eagle on the chair, and it goes around in rotations like six times, and he oh, doesn't wow. even move. And I think he just scared the shit out of him. Ooh, uh, son. Because uh, Gene Hackman, and you are not, you weren't used to him coming in there like this, because he came into this movie. This is a true story. Too. Yeah, oh, yeah, this is a true story. And he came in there because what – set off this whole thing in the first place is the three civil rights workers, two white and one black, get pulled over by these racist fucks down in Mississippi. One being uh, Michael Rooker. He's got the most recognizable well, voice in the, the world. Well, and the two white people were Jewish. Yep. Yeah. One of them so was the commish. Were... You ever seen the commish? With, uh, yeah. Uh, he was his partner um, from that. And so they shot him and uh, dumped him in the river, or it's what they thought they dumped him in. They don't really know. And uh, they send in the... Uh, they send in... Defoe and they uh, and uh, Gene Hackman and this is before he, they bring all the troops now. Did in. they find the bodies in real life? Uh, that they found sure. them in the movie. I'm, I'm not sure if it was in real life. They had. did they find them in the movie? Yeah, I remember they pulled the car out. I, I know think. they pulled the po- car out, but I and didn't. The think bodies they were, were in the trunk. Were they? I didn't realize. They oh were in the no, trunk. maybe they weren't. Yeah, I don't think they, maybe they actually weren't. found the bodies. But uh, William William Defoe. William Defoe was, was amazing in this, and he, he had a great. This was his amazing. great year too, because he did. This was a controversial movie uh, coming out, anyways, because no one wants our horrible stain of a history in our country to be brought right in front of everybody. Right, yeah. You know, and that same year, uh, Willem Dafoe, this must have been the fuck it year for Willem Dafoe because <laughs> yeah. he played Christ in The Last Temptation of Christ, and he was ostracized for that movie. Oh, oh my God. That they movie tried got a lot of... They backlash. tried to blacklist him, and that was a great movie, man. Really? Yeah, I loved I didn't uh, Last Temptation of Christ. Uh, wow. Oh, it was a good movie. Yeah, it was yeah. a really it, good movie. It, uh, Christians don't like that. Harvey movie. Keitel was one of the apostles. I mean, yeah. it was oh, just shit. A, it was um, because it was Martin Scorsese that did mm-hmm. it. So Martin Scorsese said, "I don't give a shit," and so did uh, uh, Willem Dafoe. But tried to ruin his career for it, but he came back big and strong uh, after that. He certainly uh, did. I mean, you got to tell what you got to tell when your uh, art is speaking to you too. 
But that uh, that Arlie Emery scene, man. Would you tell us what happens there? It was really cool. He's the mayor. What, at the barbershop or when they kidnap him? No, when they, that black guy kidnaps him. Oh, puts him in the basement. oh and he's going to cut his... Well, that whole discussion. He yeah. He Does he actually cut I don't think he does. I think he I scares him into telling him what he needs to tell him. and He then... ends up hanging him. I, oh, is, yeah, so They okay. find his body hanging. But there's this really intense scene where this... I thought they cut his nuts off. Well, he talks about doing it. Yeah. Remember, he, he pulls the razor blade out and he pulls a cup. And he talks to him about a, a moment where... Uh, uh, <laughs> a moment where uh, technical so difficulty lost my train of thought. <laughs> uh, you got to talk about Frances McDormand. This yeah, is yeah. hers. This is hers. Well, that, we mentioned her too, but there's some really intense scenes. Uh, so he tells him a scene or, or a story about a black kid that he knew that got his uh, testicles cut off, and explains to him how much blood left the body, and that it, it looked like when they found the body that they dipped him in like a vat of blood. Yeah. So from the waist down, he was completely, and you could tell that uh, Ermy had the uh, he had like a piece of tape over his mouth and you could tell he was scared shitless too there was a lot of scenes where people were scared shitless in this movie and rightly so even the scene where uh, Michael Rooker tried to uh Tried to uh, intimidate. Oh, he grabbed his nuts. He grabbed his nuts, man. And <laughs> oh. like, like really grabbed his nuts mm. and everything. But yeah, uh, Frances McDermott. She was phenomenal in this, playing the really one strong character that was in this uh, movie, and uh, had to put up with a whole bunch of shit from Brad Dorf uh, to do it. But this was kind of her. She was nominated for best supporting actor. For oh, this. was she? Oh, really? Uh, uh, yeah, this was uh, one of her big movies, but. What year, was this? what year uh, was that? 1988. 88. Yep. Let's go back to our first big movie, though. And this was the movie that... This is on my top ten list of favorite movies of all time, and I'm going to start with this one. This is 1984's Blood Simple. Hmm. Now, I know... And James, we've, you've said this, and I've said this before. One of the most perfect movies made. It, I mean, it was just perfect. Right. Yeah. I loved it. And it was, this was the Coen brothers. And really, this was... I think this was because... I, start, I uh, love that. That started my loving I, of the I movie. wish I could remember. I, Joel or Ethan, one of them is married to Francis McDormand. So Francis Joel. Mac, uh, Joel is? Okay. Mm. So Francis McDormand just happens to be in a lot of Coen brothers movies. And hmm. I've got her in... Coincidence? I think not. Three of them on the list here are <laughs> Coen brothers movies, but she was phenomenal in it. And they realized she was really, really good in this movie. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the premise for Blood Simple, how it kind of came about so um what's the actor's name the one from aliens john uh her oh, husband Dan he's a scary oh, motherfucker he is and he played a good bad guy in this he was married and he really wasn't he wasn't bad. I mean, beyond hiring the yeah. guy to kill his wife and the lover <laughs> i mean he had a reason I guess that dude. is pretty bad <laughs> <laughs> i take that back yeah. you stop dan <laughs> <laughs> so he, he the, Francis McDormand was having an affair with uh, no, John, John Getz. John Getz. Who's uh, from uh, such great movies as The Men Fly, at work. Men at Work, uh, <laughs> Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. He was great in this yeah. movie. They were he, young. He really they were good. both really young. <laughs> it was a very Texas uh, movie, too. It, it was just weird how the affair like uncovered, and then they still had... Yeah, I mean, it was really simple. You know, that you got this couple that are having an affair. The husband finds out. The husband thinks he can deal with it for a short period of time. Very short. Very short. And, and then he, he realizes he's going to find this shady uh, guy 
who is played by the brilliant oh, uh, my God. M. Emmett uh, Walsh, who plays that doctor from Fletch that does the yeah. prostate exam. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was creepy oh, in this too, but there was a great scene where uh, Dan Henyu meets him on a lookout point and goes in there to talk to him about uh, killing his wife. He's like, I got a job for you. Because he used him earlier to find out they were having an affair. Took the pictures of him, saw the pictures of them sleeping in the bed together and everything. So that's how he find out. So he went back to him. And that's probably how and he, that shit And he's like, the money's too. right and it's legal, I'll do it. And he's like, it's not exactly legal. And he says, well, if the money's right. <laughs> <laughs> and so... Emmett Walsh, being a shady motherfucker, uh, decides to, instead of uh, killing uh, Francis McDermott and John Getz, doctors the photos of them sleeping. In, he had photos of them sleeping in bed. Oh, shit. Uh, so he doctors the photo to make it look like they got gunshot wounds and everything, brings it to Dan Henya, and gets the money. Oh, wow. And then uh, what was great is M, uh, Emmett shoots Dan Henya. This is where shit gets off the rails right here. Oh, uh-huh. awesome. yeah. So John Getz... Goes into John gets this is his boss. He's having an affair with his boss's wife. Oh, so he yeah. goes into the work where Dan Henya is to talk to him about getting his last paycheck or something like that. Sees Dan Henya dead on the thing and thinks, thinks Francis McDermott did it. So decides <laughs> to clean it up oh, and bury fuck. the body. Oh <laughs> my god! <laughs> Which, oh, by the way, shit. the body isn't dead. Nope. Oh. So he is oh. the one that kills him. So he ends up. He's the one, the one that kills, kills him. Holy like, shit. Like, buries him alive. Like, oh. half buries yeah. him alive. But there's a great scene that was taken straight, uh, or Fargo <laughs> recreated their own scene. The Coen brothers basically created, recreated their own scene from Fargo. Uh, the, no, it was originally it in Blood Simple. <laughs> and they recreated again in Fargo. And what that scene was... They stole themselves. <laughs> was he pulls off to the side of the road where he's gonna uh, oh, yeah. where he's gonna bury the body, and so he he pulls the body out. Uh, well, first he moves. He hears Dan Henry moving, moving, and uh, he freaks out and runs away, realizing, "Oh shit, he's still alive." Right. Goes back to the car and realizes Dan Henry has pulled himself out of the car and is dragging himself down the street. Oh fuck! As so, the <laughs> fucking as traffic is coming, traffic is coming. So traffic, you see in the headlights coming ahead, and this oh, is very shit. similar to the Peter Stamari scene from uh, Fargo, right? Uh, when the one. Uh, uh, when they killed the police officer that pulled him over. <laughs> so John Getz grabs Dan Henya and uh, pulls him uh, pulls him back to the thing and just gets him in the car before the tractor trailer truck comes by. Oh, wow. He didn't... My favorite shot in the whole movie you didn't mention... What's that? Is the the shot when it pans and you see the bass on the on the table. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the lighter... The, S- the, uh, the, the M. Emmett Walsh. M- after he shot him... He forgot to pick his lighter up. It's off under the desk. It's under some dead fish because he went fishing. He, he brought his fish. fish on he threw the, the uh, fish down there, but he forgot. He put his lighter on, put the fish on top of the lighter by accident. Damn. And so, so literally, the second half of the movie is <coughs> M. Emmett trying to get his lighter back. Oh uh, wow! Because that's the only thing that links him to the crime. Because yeah. he burns all the photos and he. And it was a, a great scene where, um, what's his name? Um, Gets gets back at the house and he's like very vague to yeah. Francis McDermott. Saying, she hasn't done anything yet. And she's like, eventually she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. And his face is shocked. He's like, Yeah. And he's still at that point. It's not completely clear. He just wants to admit it. Like he uh, thinks she's not wanting to admit it. And she's like, you, right, you left yeah. your murder weapon behind and brings the, uh, the handgun back. Oh, uh, shit. But that was her gun, though. That's what kind of brought him to, because Because he had Because it. he broke in the night before yeah, and yeah. stole it from her purse. Oh, the, uh, the assassin wow. guy. 
So it was so many twists and turns, and it went all the way down to... Uh, one of the greatest end scenes. Yeah, one of the great end scenes where uh, Emmett comes into the uh, house, shoots John Getz through the window uh, with a... Uh, Kills him. With a really high-powered rifle, like huge squib. Wow, Like blows dude. the part, uh, part of his chest out. Oof. And then, uh, so you've got France McDermott, who is, this is one of her best kind of intense survival scenes, where she knows he's coming over to the house. And so she hides in the bathroom, and he's coming through the house and everything. And before he gets to the room, she crawls out of the bathroom window and into the next uh, window over. Uh-huh. So when he comes in there, he he realizes she's out the window. So he reaches out the window, and he reaches his hand out to, uh, to where the window is and pulls the, uh, the window up mm-hmm. so he can get in there himself. And while his hand is over there, she grabs his hand and takes this really Gigantic. great jackknife and slams it into his hand. Holy and twists shit. It oh, and twists fuck. it. And so he cannot remove his hand. Yeah. And so he literally is trying to pull his hand off the knife and it won't. It's very tense. Oof. He can't do it. And yeah. so he, he realizes he has to literally punch through the drywall with his other hand. Oh my and God. And so she's standing there watching it and you can see the, the way the lighting is is amazing and the lights come in. He's, first he shoots through it. So yeah. he shoots through the drywall six times. So he's out of bullets. Right. Oh, he's, nice. He, he shoots through six times to be able to make the drywall brittle enough. So right. He makes a great through. joke though. Ah. Doesn't he? Oh, after that, yeah. yeah. Because she doesn't wait for him to, like, I'm just going to ruin it here. Yeah, do it. Uh, Go for it. She she doesn't uh, realize. he gets out. He gets free. Pulls the knife out of his hand. It's very brutal. And uh, he's coming around to enter the room she's in. And she shoots him right before he gets even to the doorway. Shoots him through the wall. Yeah. And you hear him drop and everything. And she still like, thinks her husband's dead? alive. Oh, and she's yeah. like, she's she says his name like you you can't hurt me anymore. And you hear him laughing. And and from the other room, she's like, well, if I see him, ma'am, I'll surely let him know. Oh <laughs> shit! And then sits there dying on the ground. And then the movie ends. It's, oh, it's so wow. amazing movie. It was shot awesome. It was amazing. Yeah, it it really incredible. was. It really wasn't one like, of Like, as soon as they made that movie, movies. you're like, oh, this guy's going to do some oh, special yeah. movies. In, in yeah. Every single movie they did after that. Did Roger Deakins do that first movie? I don't know if they did the first, if he did the first he was one with them. He, he, almost every other one, yeah, right? Yeah, he's definitely the Coen Brothers' favorite uh, cinematographer. Uh, but I was going to use a different word. So all right, we're gonna go a little light for the uh, for the next one. This was a fun movie that I saw in 1990 in the theater and loved the hell out of it. And this is Sam Raimi's Dark Man. Oh, Dark Man, yeah, love Dark Man. Yeah, is it the first time we see uh, what's his name? Liam <laughs> Liam Nielsen. Well, Krull. Crawl I mean, was right. one of his first right. ones we ever seen him, and we saw him in uh, random stuff. He, I think he would, next to Kin came out before this when he played uh, oh, okay. Patrick Swayze's uh, redneck brother. That was a great movie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it sounds almost as fun as Dark Moon. I know, about. right? <laughs> we'll have a Swayze pod uh, somewhere on the line here, but. Uh, why don't you tell us a little about Darkman? You well, how well you remember Darkman? You know, the thing is, is I'm sitting here trying to remember it. Like I've I saw it ten times and everything like that. You know, and I'm just my my favorite image is when uh, he's got the he's got the 
trench coat on mm-hmm. and he's he's like going from a building to another oh, yeah. building you know and he's swinging across and well, he's swinging from the helicopter yeah the yeah, helicopter yeah yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah yeah i remember thinking who someone did that oh yeah, stunt, yeah. man that's yeah. crazy oh, yeah the, the digital effects in this were cheesy as shit they, they were, were right they like, were right they did on the some cusp. digital explosions that oh, looked they, like it was bad yeah. really shitty it wasn't even just that. now he was a scientist right working yeah. on something we're working on skin renewal but remember it would that's uh, right it would dissipate after an hour it wouldn't last long that's right that's right that's why he could make all the masks and everything but he realized that it was the dark that kept them long out longer uh remember uh what what happened before that is 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 francis mcdermott plays his girlfriend and she's uh a lawyer working for this firm and she comes across this memorandum that connects this politicians uh with the mobsters uh and her boss is connected with it too and uh what happens is and you don't realize it is a hits kind of put out on her and uh by Larry Drake, who mm. plays Durant, right. the main mobster in this, who who kills people. Is that the L.A. Law guy? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and awesome. Didn't he play Dr. someone Giggles. slow? Oh, yeah. Dr. Giggles, too, uh, yeah. He was I slow in, uh, Yeah, he was slow in uh, L.A. Law. L.A. Law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was yeah. great. I think it was and Benny And Dr. Giggles, Bernie. he went on to do Dr. a whole bunch Giggles. of shit. We've talked Dude, about it before. I saw Dr. Giggles in the theater with oh, my dad. That was so awesome. That was such a fun movie. Your dad took you a lot of movies. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was good stuff. Good memories. But, uh... Dr. Anyway, Giggles. so they uh, right when he figures out what is allowing his his experiment to prolong, he finds out the dark. He realizes it's been longer than a minute. Remember, he's got that uh, his his lab assistant, that Asian guy, yeah, yeah. and they they're like it worked. It's going past a minute and everything. Literally, the second he figures out what does it, Durant and his men just show up in the room. They're like already in the room, right? And they're just looking for the. Uh, I think they call it the Bellasant memorandum or something that was uh, con- that was the memorandum that connected the mobsters to everyone. So they needed to find the thing, and they knew it was the right one because at the, in the morning, Franz McDermott put a coffee mug on it and had a circle of coffee on it. Uh, uh, and I guess this is before people were making copies of everything and shit like that or digital, so uh, they could kind of do this that they literally need that physical copy of it. Right. Yeah. So they show up. And remember they. They like burn him with acid. Ted Ted Raimi is one of them. Uh, Sam Raimi's brother, who he puts in all his films, he was the one that he used as that creature in the uh, in the basement on Evil Dead Two. Uh, <laughs> he played that old woman that just kept trying to get out of it. It was awesome. Uh, so he put he puts Ted Levine and everything. Or Ted, not Ted Levine. Ted, Ted Raimi. Uh, so they show up and they uh, they totally fuck up. Liam Neeson uh, burn his face with acid and then burn the burn entire the lab building. Down. Yeah. And then he flies out into the water and everything. Right. And France McDermott thinks he's dead. Everyone thinks the kind of case is closed. They found the memorandum right before they uh, set the plows uh, exploding. But then you're kind of following uh, Liam Neeson's character here who has this great gimmick. I mean, I love any revenge story anyways. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But the, uh, even better is a revenge story on somebody that – Everyone else thinks they're dead. Connor Monte Cristo oh, is yeah. perfect for that. That's probably the ultimate one where you think you're dead. Johnny Handsome was that way where That's everyone right. just relaxes, you know? They don't right. think no one's after him. Yeah. And he has this clever idea to uh, to make masks of his crew members and to systematically take out Durant's group and will ultimately lead him to Durant. Uh, and at first he doesn't reveal himself to Francis McDermott. 
uh, it waits about a halfway. Remember, he goes after. He that. does a mask of himself eventually. Eventually, he? yeah. Remember, yeah. he starts out with that big bald guy from uh, Swamp Thing. Yeah. And he, uh, he gets there's a great <laughs> stunt scene where he gets thrown out the window and he like falls out of like a 50, 60 story uh, window and you see him fall. So some stuff. Oh wow. Too. There's a lot of stunt work still in this, yeah. along with the cheesy stuff. What year was this again? Ninety. 90? Yeah, nineteen ninety. Yeah. So it was really a, no. I, like you said, Daniel wasn't there yet. Right, it, it was almost there. That it yeah. looked bad. It, it looked bad back then, but it even looks way worse now oh, if I you bet. watch it. Yeah. But it, a lot of old uh, Sam Raimi movies have that quality. Do you remember the scene where he's at the... Uh, Did they remake this, by the way? Well, they made sequels. There's like three yeah. of them, if oh, not really? four. I know that the second one was good, uh, but I don't know about the third and the fourth one. Uh, the second one was Return of Durant. Liam Nielsen was wasn't in the second no, one. No, it was Arnold Varslu who became the mummy. Oh, yeah, that's where he oh, started. Okay, yeah. Huh. Yeah, I he like started that guy. As, he, good. he went on to play Darkman more than Liam did, so a lot of people know Arnold Arsenal as, as Darkman more. <laughs> really? So. Uh, the second, the second one's definitely worth watching. The third one, yeah, it's good to see. If you're Arnold into Arsenal, that, right? Uh, because he got huge. He got huge. I don't know what it, where he whatever happened to him, but he got huge with the mummy, and then he dropped out the face of the earth. Yeah. Huh. But that premise to the chance to do a crime as somebody else or yeah. do like oh yeah. That you you don't need because the audience sometimes and the doesn't even know. Effects got better because I don't know if you remember the scene where he's at the carnival, uh, where they're yeah. trying to win the stuff for him, and his his mask starts bubbling up. Oh yeah, it's yeah, melting. Yeah, yeah. You can tell his adrenaline's going up. Remember, he's like, take it, take the fucking elephant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you see him at the end, the anger welling up before he breaks that guy's fingers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you see this thing behind him. They're doing like it's almost like they're doing cartoon effects behind him. Huh. Uh, and it's very strange if you go back and watch that. It's very trippy and kind of uh, it's cheesy, but it's, it's yeah. still fun. You can uh, almost still get away with it in the 1990. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, and, you know, and that's the thing is it it wasn't digital yet. It yeah, was yeah. almost there. You know, we had like, what we had. Yeah, yeah. if that movie came out it. in '93, I bet you it yeah. would have been ten times better. Then again, if you came out with that movie now, people would think you'd be doing like this great nostalgic throwback, and they'd be all for it. Yeah, uh, someone came back. Uh, I'm telling you, that's right for old, old cheesy practical effects to still be out there. And some of and there's no reason you can't make your practical effects more technology. Yeah, right. In yeah. the actual. You know, carrying out with the practical effect, put as much technology into that. I mean, the bla- when they did when they could do bladders under the skin. Oh yeah, was that scanners that was really oh, good. it was so good. And that was early seventies. That was the yeah, early seventies, but like, they were good at that. It was crazy how well that works. When, especially body when they, snatches, I think Vision body snatches had some at the good time where they realized foam latex was the new thing was around Nightmare on Elm Street, where they could just put it on, they could make that application, paint it off the actor, and then place it on there with like spirit glue and everything, and it just held up. Yeah, but yeah, the 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 addition of squibs, bladders, and uh, uh, foam latex are really the three things that took the special effects to a next level. So it must and, have been and that hard. whole group of guys, those Nicoteros, and they were all yeah. the pioneers. And, of and they're still stuff. doing it. I mean, and it's it's got to well, be. He's directing now. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's created doing all the Walking Dead. And he's directing all the Walking Dead episodes. Mm. Uh, he's got to move money to go to the bathroom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't always keep it at home, but if he did, yeah. <laughs> but it's got to be weird. Those guys that are used to it, those old school guys. It's like the guys that are still want to shoot with, on film instead of digital. They right. just get into that mind mindset and they like yeah you know let the let the digital effects be to the new guys and i'll still stay back here and do the practical effects right. they give you the bill for the film yeah, yeah. yeah. stock <laughs> or how easy yeah. it is no you can't you shoot that. an extra 10 minutes yeah, right? you yeah. Done digital <laughs> asshole. yeah. <laughs> so yeah so francis mcdermott was great this was one of the ones where she came in as a supporting act uh, actress and she she played that role and she played it really well 
Uh, this next one here, this is another one where she is in, in the movie probably for a combined eight minutes. But in my opinion, it was one of my favorite scenes. And it also showed a lot about Frances McDermott because she was very... If you think of Blood Simple and then you think of uh, she Blood Simple, she was that kind of meek girl had to be strong and she overcame that, became super strong at the end and was kind of the heroine. And the then she was typecast as the kind of the wife or the, the girlfriend and everything. And then in this one, it came out that, man, she was so funny in this and you didn't realize she could play comedy as well as this, but it also showed what the Coen brothers could do. So this was 1987's Raising Arizona. Yeah. Such and a good movie. One of my favorite comedies of all time. Yeah, it's absolutely. Really so, it is a comedy about child kidnapping. I know, right? I mean, it, who could... You, on paper, people must have been like, there's no fucking way, right, man. Right, yeah. You can't joke about this or make fun of uh, this, but every scene... The kid looked happy was the whole thing. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> you go out and get us a baby there. How you got yeah, one? Yeah, 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 I know, right? <laughs> Holly Hunter was Don't so Don't you come back without no baby. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Holly Hunter was hilarious in this. Yeah. You had... Uh, uh, Nicholas Cage, who was so funny in this, Ugh. one of his funniest movies he ever did. You got John, John Goodman. Goodman, you got William Forsythe. Yeah, uh, you got the guy who played the uh, bounty uh, hunter, ogre, uh, the bounty hunter. Oh my uh, god, that was uh, what's ogre. his name? Uh, no. no, the guy from Digstown. Digstown. Yeah, uh, I can't remember his name. He's a real boxer in real life. He's uh, great. Though. He's awesome. Yeah, uh, he really, really great in that movie. He, he throws that grenade or something. No, no, he shoots the rabbit from oh, yeah, his motorcycle. Yeah, yeah. And you had even the guy <laughs> whose baby was kidnapped. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Only unfinished, uh, like furniture place. Yeah, was really good. Can <laughs> you describe what he had on his hat on? He was uh, Jamie's and shit. What was yeah. that? Jamie's. I don't, Yodas, yeah. I don't care. <laughs> I want Nathan Junior back. Yeah, he's out there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta watch this again. I've seen oh, it. Oh, it's so funny. God, I'm not dude. a huge fan of it, and I have oh. no reason. Oh. No, why. you gotta rewatch. I have it. no reason <laughs> why I'm not. Yeah. It's one of it's Mendoza's favorite. Maybe I just I don't get child abduction comedy maybe, no. it's, maybe it's not made for me you so. like all the other Coen Brothers movies. I know I love like, every other Coen Brothers and I don't it's I, no reason you should have watched, you can't should have watched Big, uh, Big Lebowski by now because I, it's also the same I can't rock. say that I don't like this movie I just can only say that other people like it a lot more oh, than yeah, me like, right. you, I love I, it like for every for every one of me there's like 50 of you guys yeah, that yeah. just can quote these scenes yeah. and I and I try. I, sometimes I'm like, do you just not like Nicolas Cage? But then I think of there's a lot of movies this is I like very him in. Unlike Nicolas Cage, though, there yeah. isn't any yeah. other movie where. No, he but I like Nicolas Cage. He's done a this bunch of things. This was more like Coen like. Brothers crazy comedy. So yeah. and that works in good to uh, Francis McDermott's scene in here. So they they this one woman basically this one woman is uh, has eight babies. And uh, Holly Hunter and Nicolas Cage go in there in the middle of the night and steal one of the babies. They got more than they can handle. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Holly Hunter can't have babies, so they're going to steal a baby. And so they pass this baby off as their own. And so they have their friends come over, and they have this ruse going on that they adopted this baby. And they have questions like, how'd you get a baby so quick? Yeah. Uh, and this and that. So from the second – and the guy in this is really good too. He used to be in the Tracy Ullman show. Yeah, I can't think he of was, his name. He was though. literally the only person that did not get involved with The Simpsons. From the Tracy Ullman show, huh. other than Tracy Ullman, <laughs> yeah. so he is, he's probably he's like the Peter Homer. Story. I don't want to do that I'm Homer voice. He's never been yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So the second uh, him and France McDermott entered the scene, it was just hilarious. The door opens, and you could tell these guys are crazy. They have a lot of crazy kids, yeah. and they're over the top. And uh, has France McDermott has some of my favorite lines. You got to get that dip tat. 
You yeah. gotta get that tip tat. Yeah. You gotta get on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we will, honey. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy was hilarious. He. Uh, he was in a great uh, Married with Children episode, too, which starred Dan Casvalena, the guy who does the voice of Homer, and they, they played a gay couple, very similar. Huh. They, uh, remember, she, uh, he's dancing with Peggy at the, uh, at the club while uh, Al's at home uh, having dinner with the other character. It was really funny. <laughs> so he comes in with this crazy character, too, with all these kids, and the kids are, like, writing on the walls yeah. and, like, destroying shit. Yeah, and, and they just live in a trailer, you know, like, in the middle of... Arizona. Yep. You know, maybe uh, that's what I don't like about the movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's tra- uh, me it seems too. like it's in a trashy. So you got the uh, Frances McDermott has a great scene with Holly Hunter where she's introducing the baby to her and she has this uh, this crazy reactions to the baby. He's straight from heaven. Yeah. He's an angel straight yeah, from heaven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and everything she does is way way. I want to see top. her in yeah. this role. Oh so. man, she is so I, funny. I've I've seen uh, this movie several times because Mendoza used to play uh, this. Yeah. Like I could quote this movie. It's very similar to like Napoleon Dynamite where every scene yeah. has like I've a never seen Turn to the Rat. Yeah, Turn to the Rat. I've never seen Napoleon Dynamite. Santa Clue. Simple line that you could just say, "Turn to the right." Yeah. Everyone knows. That, <laughs> yeah. As long as you say it that way, yeah. everyone knows what that is. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll save the story for the next. What, what's that? I was going to tell a story, but I have a chance to later on. I think. Oh, okay. okay. We'll hold off then. Yeah. There's a, a great scene though where the uh, Nicholas Cage takes in uh, the guy go off on a walk, and Nicholas Cage is like opening up to him and saying how bad. Uh, Friggin' uh, life is for him, and why don't you tell us a little bit what uh, the other guy will, will suggest? <laughs> yeah, so basically, you know, he's he's like he suggests to him like, well, you know, we're swingers, you know, maybe you guys would want to swing, and he's like, he basically doesn't know what swinging yeah, is. Yeah, he doesn't get you know? it at first. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, I'm talking about wife swapping. <laughs> I'm talking about fucking each other's wives, you know. Like, and Nicolas Cage just is so offended. He just punches him in the face, you know. But the thing is, is they've kidnapped this child. Yeah. You don't want to do something that's going to bring attention, you know. And he fucking knocks him on the ground. He breaks his nose and he jumps up and he's like, "You ain't right. You ain't right. <laughs> you crazy. Yeah, you crazy. <laughs> and I know there's something going on with that baby. I know, you know. And so he like runs off and. You know, they that's get, the last time we don't see Francis McDermott at all, other than that one like six minute scene. But she yeah. comes in and does some of the funniest stuff. Oh. But then the, that's when the uh, characters of uh, that uh, John Goodman and William Forsythe come in. They like literally, you see this mud. It's raining in the mud. <laughs> they broke out of jail. Did they break out of jail? Yeah, we, yeah. They we did out of jail. Like, yeah. We, we didn't think it had any more to offer us. Yeah. Yeah. We released ourselves on our own recovery. Yeah. <laughs> what it was, we didn't think the institution had any more that they could yeah. <laughs> They were really funny in this moment. And yeah. they really literally birthed themselves out of the out image. Of the, ground. the imagery in this movie is very strong. The Coen brothers were really good, even in their like blatant comedies, like Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Yeah. Or uh, Big Lebowski, where their imagery in the movies, where they were making a higher level of comedies. And you didn't realize it like at first a lot of times sometimes it took two or three viewings of it but they a lot of the symbolism like the symbolism of the guy uh, uh, that he was seeing in his dream that yeah. is also coming for the baby yeah. I mean it's really is this crazy different element that's going on here that you don't realize and yeah so they literally dig themselves out of the ground and kind of remember John Goodman screaming ah, during the whole thing yeah. and he grabs <laughs> William Sorf by the leg and just pulls him out of the ground <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and at the end they have to like crawl back in there remember that mm-hmm. I love when they uh, uh, 
they refer to the Dr. Spock book as the manual for the baby. Yeah. That's a manual. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they have some great stuff with uh, John Goodman. And they soon well, realize what Hyde has done is kidnap this baby. And so they kidnap yeah, the baby. Yeah, so it becomes know? this crazy thing that get, goes back and forth where the baby is crossing between everyone's hands. And John Goodman forgets them on the street. And they yes. have to have that great scene where they come back. And then they shot it in reverse. They yeah. started with the baby in reverse. So yeah. it looks like they just yeah. right back to the baby. Man, I'm so fun, man. Yeah, I love and you know, then the, you you got to mention, son, you got a <laughs> panty on your head. I love Holly <laughs> reaction where she realizes Nicholas Cage is robbing the grocery store. Yeah, and she gets out of the car and she's like five foot nothing. Yeah, and she's crossing in front of the car to get in the driver's seat and she points at him through the window. You son of a bitch! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's in the car and takes off. And realizes yeah. ah, we got to go get daddy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, He's well, and, with the huggies, and yeah, exactly, you know, and then uh, eventually, the music, man, the music during that oh whole my. scene too, mm. man, really, yeah, the way it's, it started with that music, it ended with it, the yeah. narration, it was just, it was a higher level comedy, yeah, man. It was uh, really, it, one really of my good. favorites of all time, yeah. and I and I saw that pretty young, and yeah, I watched it young too, yeah, and I mean, and I've like, if it's on, I'm watching, yeah, you know, yep. it's oh like, yeah, absolutely, like, I put it on every, uh, I don't own so it, often. I actually, I don't own it, I should, I'll keep um, an eye out for you, yeah, you don't own a lot of stuff. I don't own a lot of stuff, but I do. How many movies I, do you think you own? You own like I mean, I'd 50, say maybe? I'd say maybe like seventy five. You, you need know. to take. Do you have them uh, like on a shelf or something like that? I've got them sectioned up into separate. You need to take a photo of them once for me, so I know right. what you got. Yeah, because okay. I see really good movies for super cheap. That, uh, I had to cleanse myself of my movies. <laughs> <laughs> this house, I had like is clear. clear. Well, you, had to, you, needed, you needed to do what I did. I had four or five. Yeah, I needed to get rid of the. Put them in a sleeves book. Put, them, put in them, book. them in a book. I would have had them all still. It would have right. been great. Yeah. And well, didn't. there's still there's still a chance that you get some more. We'll uh we'll we'll come up with a cheap collection for you. Yes. Yeah, oh yeah. You put them in a book though, and that's all you have to do. You put fifty. Them I could give you a list of fifty. Just yeah. get me these movies. That yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff because it's gonna be stuff like Zodiac. And uh, that I, I know. And American Psycho. I knew. I know Apocalypse Now. And Platoon. And literally the movies that were the Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, those are easy to find too. It, I yeah, the thing is, I probably come up with a hundred more than fifty. Yeah, no. I'm going to an insane. Uh, book you get sale. some good deals. Uh, tomorrow morning, I'm going to be up literally in line an hour before it uh, opens because uh, I want to get in there. Good thing they're not going to uh, hear this until it's over. They'd get boom. up an hour before you. Sons bitch. Some bitch. Some bitch. Throw a little distinguished gentleman in there. <laughs> uh, which I hope they have at the book sale. Uh, is that when he had the bobblehead? Oh, yeah, that was yeah. That, that was Miles from Yeah. Uh, from What's Herbie this? Brown. Fuck that shit. <laughs> have we talked about that so much, gentlemen, on the, not. on the podcast? That's oh, my a 90s God, comedy so right there, man. Oh, that's, that's a really a good, good one. one. Uh, all right, so, yeah, that's Raising Arizona, man. If you haven't seen it, run out and see it. So this one's, uh, this one's a good one for me and Dave because me and Dave actually just saw this on Wednesday. Uh, and there was no way of doing this pod without doing Frances McDermott's right. Best Actress uh, uh, win, and that's three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. And I'll tell you right now, you'd fucking love it. Yeah. Is this the I just want to see it. We're not going to ruin it, because you love this director, too. You don't realize you'd probably love him, because right. it's the uh, Seven Psychopaths yeah. director, Mark oh, McDonough. Fuck yeah, But dude. you didn't like In Bruges. Man, you need to I, watch I it have, again. I, I, I really have mixed feelings. It's a really good movie, it's but there was just, I didn't I like know. it till the second time I watched it, and, and then, then I really liked it. That's a possibility. You should watch it, because if you like Seven Psychopaths, you should like In Bruges, because it's that same off-kilter comedy. Yeah. Uh, and uh, 
this three billboards was phenomenal. It uh-huh. really was phenomenal. Yeah. We won't ruin it because there's a lot more to it. She than won we, the fucking Oscar yeah. for it. And it's a and lot more should've. to it than... I mean, I don't, what, who was against her in the category? Oh, man, that's a hard See, one. See, I mean, I'm I've not seen... Sure. I don't know about her category, but I mean, I've seen... Because it was up for Oscars, I saw clips and stuff from the movie, so I kind of have yeah. a basic so knowledge there is of a lot it. It's probably the girl from the, the water... Yeah, um, yeah, shape yeah. has water. Yeah, shape yeah, of water. Shape she was probably, probably in that category, it. which uh, she I, I didn't see that movie, but I heard she the, killed the it. The girl from the kid from Lady Bird yep. was in it, uh, that category. Mm-hmm. So, and what was the other good I, movie I that year? I can't remember yeah. what the other one was that year. But she was phenomenal in this, and she was made to play this movie. Yeah. And who it, played the sheriff? Uh, the sheriff was Woody Harrelson and Sam Rockwell. Woody Harrelson, yeah. And Sam Rockwell also won the Oscar for this, and he and deserved he it. Deserved that's it. right. A okay. lot of his stuff is kept from the trailer. Really? Yeah, and that, that's where I've realized it's a longer movie. It's like it's an a, hour and 45 and minutes it, movie. Oh, really? It's, a lot of these movies are ruined And I said it to you while the movie was going on, there's a lot of layers of this movie. Yeah, oh, a yeah. lot of layers of this movie <laughs> that aren't revealed. In Ogres the, are in like the, onions, huh? Yeah, very similar. Genius <laughs> 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 Parfait. Davis Everyone likes Parfait. Gina Davis said Yeah, no, but feel free to talk about it all y'all want because it's cool. I'm going to see it, and that's fine. No, it won't ruin it anything we say about it. But uh, you basically have, and before the movie even started, you realize shortly in that Frances McDermott's daughter was uh, raped and murdered uh, while she was dying and then was burned to death. Oh, my God. Horrible death. Yeah. And it had not been solved, and she believed that the, uh, the police, specifically... The Woody Harrelson character, which we'll, we'll keep a lot of that kind of under uh, wraps, uh, the details behind it. Uh, but she felt that specifically Woody Harrelson and the police station had dropped the ball on the investigation of mm. her daughter's uh, killer. So she puts up three billboards that are basically calling them out. Right. Uh, and she pulls together a lot of her money to be able to do it and everything. And why don't you tell us a little bit about... Uh, Can I ask a question? Sure. sure. So do you know what the billboards say? Yeah. Oh, yeah, or, yeah. Okay, so, so that's a... That's, okay. that's, so the movie, I didn't know the if like, it, at the end it revealed no, the no, billboards no, 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 no. or something it, it's, like it's that. It's something okay. like... Uh, no, she... So she... And it seems like it's close to her house, too, because I think she looks down yeah. on them. Um, she drove by these broken down old billboards yeah. and wanted to get attention... So she sold what's his name's tractor trailer. John Hawks oh, plays her ex husband. So you know who John Hawks, even if you don't know. Who Lovely he Bones. He was, he a, was the scary. No, not Lovely Bones. No, 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 no. Ah, Winter's Bone. Winter's Bone. You've seen Winter's Bone with. No. Uh, he was the one they were all scared about showing up. I think so. He was the one that. Uh, yeah, that he was the, the creepy pie that they tied to the chair. Uh, he plays a Weasley guy, he, but he plays very a scary Steve Buscemi type character. But he actor. plays that scary guy sometimes oh, yeah. too. Yeah. And in this this movie, he mm-hmm. played that scary guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so she rents the billboards and tries to call from him. the guy that plays. Uh, he was one of the X Men that has the things that come out of his neck. Yeah, I know you're talking about the Ginger Kid. Mm-hmm. He was really good in God's Pocket. God's Pocket's another movie that was really phenomenal. That was very Quentin uh, Tarantino. Uh, kind of uh, Ethan uh, or uh, the Coen Brothers type feel to it that you should watch. He was great in that movie too. He's the guy who sold her the billboards. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> he was really good in this. He was really he was really good. So in does this. it give anything? So I, it tells I, you right away just like basically why just aren't says you doing why aren't anything? you doing enough? Yeah. There's three of them though. Like a girl My was raped murdered. while she was dying. Uh, what are you go why haven't you uh, solved this Chief Willoughby or something? Okay, yeah. I got you. Okay. And you so you knew so the struggle was 
the chief was well liked in this yeah. community. Right. Yeah. And, and Sam Rockwell is the first person that spotted it. Uh-huh. Yeah. He, he's a loose cannon. He's a loose cannon. Not as loose as like Green Mile and, loose, but... Right, you know, yeah. And you know what? He He's not that bright. Like he's... He lives with his grandmother. Well, this is the story. Hold on. This is the story that I said I'd late to later. Okay. He says to me, oh, look, it's Napoleon's grandmother. I was like... That's who plays Oh, dang it, Napoleon. Make yeah. yourself a darn oh, quesadilla. I've never seen her anything else in this. I've no. never seen and, her at all, ever. And she's also kind of <laughs> racist, scary. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well played by her. Doesn't but, give motherly advice. I know that much. Yeah. You could tell. <laughs> this, is the, this is one of the reasons Sam Rockwell is so fucked up. Because he's fucked up. He, he's a loose cannon. He's an alcoholic. And he, deep down, I think he means well, but you could tell that well, he's that fuck up. He just, right. everybody's a, probably always told him he was a fuck up. Yeah. And so, but he liked the chief. Yeah. The chief was a friend of his. He, so has, a he, cra- was, he has a crazy arc in this movie, too. Sam Rockwell, mm-hmm. he's well-deserved uh, for this yeah. movie as an Oscar. And when we have a Sam Rockwell pod... Personally, Moon is up Moon. there. Have you seen Moon? Mm-mm. Moon oh, is fucking next level, dude. Uh-huh. It's next level. It's the Sam Rockwell show, and so I can't good. tell. We can't. It's one of those ones we can't, can't even, even talk about talk on the about pod because it's it's Unless, it's like it's until like, you see it, and then we'll just ruin it. For you know everybody. how shocking. <laughs> you know how shocking the end of the game is. Yeah. Imagine that done half hour into the movie. Oh no! And shit. then the whole rest of the movie plays out that fucked up, crazy. Uh, this about it. It's yeah. just That's kind of how how moot. It's just moot, okay. and uh, it's the Sam Rockwell show, and it's amazing by him. If you ever any Sam Rockwell fan out there, and if you're not, why not? Because he's you've seen choke. Great, you seen him choke? Oh, no. oh my god, choke was Which so good. Choke? That was the one where he chokes at restaurants and uh, oh, and yeah. uh, gets out of paying and everything. But he gets involved <laughs> with that sex addict, and it was a very creepy. He worked at like a Sturbridge village. Type thing on his this day movie job. This movie sounds terrible. It, no, I mean, it terribly was, creepy. It was plactic. It was it was the guy who did Fight Club. So oh, wow. it was very fucked up like that. You got to see Choke, man. It's really really good. Has a, also has a shock ending to that. Very similar to all Plactics okay. books. I remember that. That sounds uh, great. Yeah, it's really Sturbridge good. Village. Oh yeah, yeah. Who knows Sturbridge Village? Well, it's one of those like p- pilgrim, pilgrim that, that shows you the life of the pilgrims uh-huh. up north. They're big. up north. They're up big north, with they're that huge. shit. I'm sure in uh, West Virginia they probably do a like, shit. Like I don't know where do they too. take like Florida kids on field trips. Uh, St. Augustine. They have a <laughs> tour that. Uh, they is that what they do? They yeah. take you to St. Augustine, or they take you to like Civil War forts. Yep. You know, and, like uh, I remember watching Glory in seventh yeah. grade in history class and stuff like that. You know? <laughs> Did they be like, "We almost won"? Yeah, no, God yeah, damn it! We, yeah. we, we were almost there, boys. <laughs> we was almost there. <laughs> we're both gay. The South will rise again. <laughs> it's like when the Christians don't talk about evolution, the Southerners don't talk about the Civil War. Yeah. <laughs> it was a tie. Yeah, God damn it! Shit, I, I, I'm not even into all that shit. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, up north, they still, do. still, <laughs> can't get over that yet. <laughs> up north, they would take you to like the. Pilgrims, yep. like places I had like a, churn butter and the oh yeah, yeah. I was mesmerized it. by by Plymouth Plantation and they had a real blacksmith there. Yep. Mm. And if you sat and watched for a while, yeah, they would show you how the blacksmith. Does the stuff. greatest thing, and this is a huge tangent, but I'm going to tell it because it's funny. Um, <laughs> it kind of works. My senior, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my senior year, we had to do a book report of stuff. With the pilgrims, so we went there, and ours was on all the crimes that happened, and they have all the original books in the library of the town oh, in wow. a museum that you can read the stuff on. Oh, Michael Phil. So we sure. oh, kids, kids would get murdered, killed in public. 
but talking back to their parents in public, you that's a murderable offense. They would torture and kill kids. It was Holy crazy. Fuck, dude. But, Sam Rockwell. <laughs> See how I Fran- said Francis McDermott. See how- <laughs> Francis McDermott. See that segue? That was that's how you do it, fellas. Wow. Brilliant. 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 <laughs> so she just her character specifically, let's just talk a little bit about her character before I move on to the next one. She is like that crass, crass but, so, but no also, filter, no filter. But also more like, sensitive than I thought she was gonna be watching the trailer. Yeah. She she did have a lot of Layers, man. But I'm telling he, you, this this uh, Martin McDonald, uh, who is the guy who does Seven Psychopaths in Bruges, he's done three movies. That's mm-hmm. that's them right. in, in Bruges, uh, Seven Psychopaths, and now three uh, billboards. And so whatever he does next, it's going to be amazing because the, he is that next level Quentin Tarantino style director. The one thing that kind of made me understand <coughs> her character better is when they showed the fight that her and her daughter had. Yeah. Right before yeah, the yeah, last yeah. time she saw her. Yeah, they, had, was they like, had one oh. of those fights that you don't like, want to end. You say something right. and you're like, I can't take that back. Right. And that's the last thing you said to that person. Yeah. Oh, man. And they kept jumping between the Woody Harrelson stuff, the Sam Rockwell stuff, and the uh, the Francis McDermott stuff. And you're, you're really kind of rooting for everybody in this And that other too. cop was good, too. The one that um, oh, yeah, the, was on he's 24, a, He's a huge I think. character actor. Yeah, he was on 24, and he was good, too. Yeah. Uh, a lot happens in this movie, man. I, I yeah. think we should leave it like that okay. because it is, uh, it's a phenomenal Yeah, no, movie. I really, really want to see it. Yeah, it's available on Redbox. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I rented it for a it, buck. It's 50. one of those good movies that I'll you, re, I mean, you can think whatever you want about it. It's going to exceed your expectations. Yeah. And right. it has an, I think it has an amazing ending yeah. uh, and has a, a lot of opportunities with that ending for hmm. uh, future movies. Which, which you this doesn't seem on paper like this would be a movie that you would see a sequel, sequel to, to yeah but i see a sequel to this i mean there's a sequel to it i don't know if they would have to call make... it something completely different and just use certain characters in it but i think it would work like gangbusters if they did it i'll, I'll write it for myself <laughs> i'll read it on saturday i got that script finished yeah, right. guys i got that script finished. Hell yeah. <laughs> all right so number five this is the last Francis, one. Yep, the last one for Frances McDermott, and it's arguably the best thing she's ever done. One of the best movies ever done. Certainly on my top twenty-five is nineteen ninety-six Fargo. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I I've written eight or nine scripts when I first started. He doesn't even remember the number anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, I, I've got a couple that are still in the works too. That okay. I don't know if I've even counted on that. As soon as I I'm waiting on one of them. Yeah, yeah. As soon as I got my first letter on there, oh, that's a script. Yeah. I, <laughs> I've got three that are complete, complete. Uh, I don't even touch anymore and ready to sell. Uh, because I got I, ten I, in my head. I haven't yeah, written yeah. yet. <laughs> well, I've got that too. But when I first started writing the very first script for the very first movie we did, which was Sweet Sorrow, I had no idea how to write a script. I mm. went to Borders when it was still a Borders. Over oh, the I loved that. You just loved hated Borders, it, man. Is that the really one that had the coffee shop? In yeah. It? Oh yeah. 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 Shop. They had DVD. Yeah. The they coffee books, was good. They had food. Their movies were overpriced, but they had movies but that they, you couldn't find yep, anywhere. Exactly. Else. That was yep. what was great about them. Yep. Old kung fu movies, all those types of things you would never find there. Yeah. But I, and books too. And uh, I found when I wanted to learn to write a screenplay, I decided just to write a, to buy a good screenplay mm-hmm. and get my uh, uh, the framework from that. Uh-huh. And I, I bought Fargo. And, oh really? Uh, so 
the and I had to I had to change some stuff in mind later because I ended up uh, wanting to put when we were making movies I wrote them more as like a shooting script and then once I stop we stopped doing the movies for a while and I'm just selling scripts and creating scripts I've gotten really good at being a script writer and I've realized how to get rid of the shooting script mentality and just using a straight up uh, I I've read enough scripts now I know how they're supposed to be written and how they're supposed to go but that original first one I uh, read was Fargo and it was a fascinating screenplay huh. and you could tell that that was so you could tell when a movie has such a good screenplay that they do not fucking improvise shit. I mean, they right everything word, word for word. For word like right. even like uh, the grunts done by Peter Stamari when he was just him and like uh, Steve Buscemi in the movie. Uh, so it was really amazing. Huh? Why don't you tell us? V- the Vandalore is probably my favorite. <coughs> Vandalore is of, is really good. And it's it's it, well the story just is neat. It's super neat. Some of the other ones are messy, uh, like with their universes and they're good, but. Vandalore is is probably it's more complete, but it's uh, now. See, I think that's the least complete one I have because I don't think a lo- I don't think the no. I meant the story just ties up. Much. Maybe they're not, but the story t- yeah, yeah, arc yeah. ties up oh, great at the end. Arc. Well, I think Crystal Asylum had a pretty tied up story arc at the end of that too. The, oh, Crystal Asylum. Uh, the Spark is the one that's pretty open and waiting for sequels done. I've had uh, the first thirty pages of the sequel written. Uh, I already sold that script. What are you talking about? <laughs> hey, you didn't get that check? No, there's a festival. Send it UPS. At, there's a festival. Two weeks of festival. I find out if I uh, make it to the quarterfinals to one festival that I entered it in. Hell yeah. You've uh, won a bunch, right? Uh, for the regular script. For the I mean, Transcenders, which is in pieces now. Yeah. Uh, I've won, I won 18 awards, including That's awesome. three best scripts, but then I completely changed it and now I'm piecing now it it's back on together. A, now it's on a table waiting for life. Yeah. 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 Back into it. I've got a lot of scripts that are just pieced together that are ready to be uh, uh, dedicated hours and hours for it. I just need a better friggin'. I need a better desk chair, really. I can't. <laughs> That's your excuse. Well, that is one of them. I can't write on the couch anymore. It just hurts my back so much. Yeah, yeah, I have to write out a fucking. Thing. I have these executive chairs. They're they're great. I'll still write once or twice a week and work on different stuff like that. But I need like fucking ten hours here and there. To I need. I write a ton. It's really interesting business literature. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, yeah. <laughs> but I I need I need quiet, quiet, oh, yeah, quiet. Yeah. Wait, let's go back to Fargo here. Where are we? Why don't you, why don't you tell us a little bit about Fargo, Dave? Okay, so Fargo was... I got nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> to North Dakota, I'm done. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, the whole so, universe is great. I just... the the That area is so fascinating for its weirdness that no one can relate to. Everyone in that movie really adopted the their own voice yeah. and their own quirkiness to yeah. it, too. And... I think this was Coen Brothers aren't afraid to show the hapless loser yeah. that just can't pull. And we all secretly love to watch the hapless loser's life. Kind of like when what's his what is William the, H. William Macy. H. Macy sitting. He in plays the, that hapless loser better. When the guy oh, comes yeah. into his office to try to tell him that he didn't get the right invoices for the cars, like when the, his plan to he was stealing money yeah, from yeah, a dealership yeah, right. was yeah. unraveling, and his just flu, his like fluttering-ness oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. was just... He was phenomenal. That he acting was the, so good. He should have won the Academy so Award for it along with her. Because uh, it starts right out with him, Jerry Lundegaard, who is, at the very beginning of the movie, the first scene, he's meeting uh, Peter Stamari and uh, Steve Buscemi at a uh, off-the-route kind of shady-ass bar. Can you imagine those three crazy people in a room? Oh, oh my God. Well, this was early in yeah. their careers, too. They weren't all... 
famous either. These guys all started out kind of those early movies. Steve had done a couple movies before then, but uh, not many by William H. Or it's Peter, Peter Stamari, I mean. Yeah, Steve Buscemi. Random. awesome. Yeah. Just remember, oh, yes. he was a New York City <coughs> firefighter. Steve Buscemi uh, was? Yeah, New York City firefighter who put his uniform back on at 9-11 and went down there and fought fucking Did he really? fires. Hell Are you yeah. serious? Yep. Really? Absolutely. Holy nice. shit, dude. It's crazy, man. Steve Buscemi, he's the man. You should pull up. He's got his, uh, you can wow. see his uh, FDNR, uh, like photo of him, super yeah. young in his uniform and shit. That's it's crazy. crazy. So that was one dude. of the. Someone's like, man, you're crazy enough to look, you got a crazy enough look to be in movies. You imagine yeah. me in 2001 and cleaning up down there and looking next to you and Steve Buscemi's in a fucking uniform? Yeah, no. You that's... think you were in a movie. Yeah. <laughs> It's crazy, but wow. <clears throat> so yeah, the movie starts right out finding out that uh, Jerry uh, wants to have his wife kill- kidnapped, right. uh, kidnapped, and had the ransom uh, given back to Jerry, and then he's going to split it with these two shady criminals. Nothing yeah. could possibly go wrong. Yeah, what would go wrong? And so they wonder, you, you knew what was going to go wrong. The whole yeah. thing is like, it, even yeah. the kidnappers are questioning. He's like, why do you want your own wife kidnapped? Why don't you just ask your fucking wife for the money or your, or your father-in-law and this and that? And he's ah, those are personal issues. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he had such a great... He was just awkward. Man, his, he was just so awkward. He was so good in that movie, man. And uh, so then... What happens, obviously, is uh, very similar to Blood Simple. The crime kind of goes all haywire. And you have that scene that I said that was very similar to the Blood Simple scene where John Getz has Dan Henya out on the street. This one, you've got uh, you've got the one... Uh, they have the kidnapped woman in the back seat, and they get pulled over by a cop. Yeah. Remember how gross that scene was, man? Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. He shoots him in the top of the head. Remember, yeah. he pulls because... Uh, Steve Buscemi's driving. Peter Stamari's in the uh, passenger seat, and Peter Stamari actually reaches over, grabs the guy cop who pulled him over, re- pulls him into the uh, car, and then shoots him on the top of the head, and it's yeah. like a geyser. Boom! And real- yeah. realistically, that's probably what would have happened. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, do you remember the faces of death video of the guy killing himself in front of the camera at the podium? I've seen that video. Yeah. Do you remember that one? Al Dwyer. Where, where, Bud Dwyer. <laughs> just yeah. got dark. Where he took the gun out. Really he took quick. the gun out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he people were trying to come near him. He was like, no, no, stay yeah. back. He's stay like, back. somebody will get hurt. It, it, you know, he's like, it'll be over soon. Yeah. And then he put the gun in his mouth and he shot himself. And he, it was he called like a, a, it was he like called a, a press faucet. conference. Faucet was turned on on his mouth. Yeah. And it just poured. It came out of his out nose. Of his yeah. It was on fa- the, one of the faces of death videos. He was a politician. We're not doing that part. Yeah, they found out he had been embezzling money. They said that he had been embezzling money, but he swore he was innocent and they were sending him to prison and he held a press conference he handed out uh letters to to his loved ones yep. and stuff and then he pulled out a manila folder or a manila yep. envelope and just pulls out like a 357 magnum in fr- i mean it was on tv it was you know? the it was it was the oh. the first couple the couple seconds before he did it which was most unsettling to me when he told people to calm down yeah and to stand yeah. back yeah oh uh, it was really bad you guys so just I brought that, in. I brought guys, that up. Oh, shit. It, it, it's a difficult one. It's probably one of the more difficult suicides on camera, like right there. <laughs> so, Fargo. Somebody make a joke, so, eh? So, Fargo, <laughs> eh? So, you were having sex with the little guy. The little guy. guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's little. Yeah. How is he funny looking? Uh, uh, just in a general kind of way. Yeah, just like. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Shelby's like, what? He's watching this movie later on. I know. You didn't have to say it, though. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, when, right when she came on, on board because what happens is they shoot the cop then they have to shoot the guys that come the the guy and his little yeah, daughter just spirals who just, out of control. Who just yeah. saw them going by so he swings the car around and shoots them and so the next day you've got uh france mcdermott shows up as marge um uh, what marge what's her name london uh 
Gunderson. Well, and she's pregnant and as she's fuck. Pregnant as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Like eight and a half months, nine months pregnant. Wasn't the killer from Zodiac? Uh, her killer husband? from Zodiac. Her husband mm, had also. Also, great delivery. Like when they're eating at the buffet and they're very silent. Or, <laughs> that one might be worms. <laughs> or even one of my favorite lines from the movie, and it's from probably the most random. Every Coen Brothers has a, a random out of control scene. And I could go through the list of Coen Brothers and we do a Coen Brothers con up, or a pod a la. There's one when the, what's her name, is swinging up in naked in the harness in Lebowski. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a good one. Or even when uh, Jesus was doing the thing with the ball. Oh, yeah. Uh, but the uh, the most random scene in Vargo is when she goes to meet the Asian guy. Oh, yeah. And it has one of my favorite lines. You're such a special lady. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say that to my wife every once in a while. She has no you idea what I'm And they about. never address it again. Never address it. Do you, you know what was scene? weird? I don't. She, she just goes and meets this old guy that she went to school with. And you could tell shortly on into it that he's kind of a lonely guy that was hoping that he was going to hook up with her and right. sat on the same side with her yeah. and everything and then broke down at one point started crying. Yeah. You're such a special lady. That's <laughs> <laughs> weird. And then it left that scene and we that was no it. idea what that yeah. was the f- about. Was it the first or second season of Fargo? <laughs> of Fargo, the TV I, show. I missed the uh, first season. I haven't seen it. They had a they had a spaceship in the air. No, was, that was two. For a flash. Or it was in one also? Because it was in no, two. No, it was only in two. You saw a spaceship a take UFO, off. A UFO. They never talked about it again. Yep. What? That, that was, and it was like two seconds long. It, no music to it. Yeah. The Coen Brothers, man. You're like, they do weird shit like they that. Nev- like, you get crazy. to the end, you're like, so what do the aliens have yeah. to do this? Watch Barton Fink. Barton Fink is nothing but oh, random oh, shit yeah, happening. I haven't seen that it's in a, a very uh, weird movie. But anyway, so you, no one does that... Uh, that voice like Frances McDermott does in this movie oh, too. Yeah. Everything she does is hilarious or funny or you just <laughs> smile. You just want her on screen as yeah. much as you can. And uh, not that the the Buscemi stuff was great too. Like when they brought the, the woman with the bag over her head to the house. <laughs> she runs she's into the tree. He's like, whoops! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm... Like a lot of the Coen Brothers movies, it's just one screw up after another. It's really right. stupid people doing shit badly. It's a slippery Or making slope. bad decisions, yeah, you know? Yeah. Uh, stupid people making bad decisions. That could be the definition of almost every Coen Brothers Sim- movie. Uh, it's, uh, it's not a Coen Brothers movie, but Simple Plan. Remember that movie? Uh, that was yeah, the that was things a good, that went wrong. That was, a, that was a fantastic movie. But that was very felt like a Coen Brothers movie uh, where, it totally where like shit went wrong. Have you seen that with Bill Paxton? I don't and think Bo- so. Billy Bob, Billy Thornton. Bob Thornton. Really good, man. Oh, really. wait. They found the money they in the... Just, uh, they're out hunting and, and they, they come money on the, in the snow, airplane, a down airplane with like $30 million it's, in it. And they decide really, to sit on it. And who was their crazy friend oh, that found out about it? He was so good. Uh, That's what we they decide to yeah we'll talk about it a different time but they decide to sit on it and realizing it's the mob's money and the mom's gonna be looking for it and uh, oh, Billy wow. Bob Thornton just is an idiot he's just a fucking moron man yep. and very similar to that is like the Jerry London guard man you know it this was not planned correctly or done correctly at all it was quite easy for uh marge really to kind of track down everything that was happening and where these guys had been and what they did where it just literally. Uh, I mean, I guess the only really lucky thing that happened was seeing the Tan Sierra at the end because she knew the uh, what was cars had gone missing. Mm-hmm. I think those are dealer tags. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> not sure. I believe uh, agree with your police work there. <laughs> oh man, she was yeah. phenomenal in this movie, man. It, it was a really good movie, and you know, like I like I told you guys, you know, I've seen this movie, but I've seen it 
like 10 times for 30 minutes each time. You know what I mean? And so like, but I've, you know, just piecing it all together. Yeah. It, it was, it was, it was incredible. I mean, the best scene is with the leg going up and down. Oh yeah. The, I guess you can't talk about this movie without mentioning the, the uh, Steve the Buscemi buys the it the wood chipper. Because mm. every horror buff like Paul and myself are always, you got to find a great way to kill somebody. Yeah. yeah. Especially when it's hilarious like this. Yeah. Yeah. That's why the hatchet like, movies are good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a wood chipper in the Any, leg. It's going up and down. It's great. Yeah. Anytime you can throw a wood chipper into a movie, do it. <laughs> There's a really crazy, uh, gross scene in the second hatchet movie that I'm uh, eager for you to. I'll tell you off. <laughs> I don't want to hear. It. I don't want to hear it right now. Off mic, I'll tell you about that because it's. it's <laughs> let's wrap this up nice and neat. <laughs> We're wrapping this up so we can tell more stories off. All right, <laughs> out. <laughs> So yeah, so that was Fargo, man. She was phenomenal in that. I thought after Fargo, she was going to go on and do like some major starring roles, but I think she's just happy playing that character actor yeah. going in because she does like like the man God, wasn't it's there. Be a, stuff such like an easy life. Because other you than probably that, do ten times more promotions. I mean, think than about the other stuff that she's done since then. She played just the mom in Almost Famous. Uh, she did the man who wasn't there. She did the small role in the man who was wasn't there. Was Burn awesome. after reading. She was phenomenal in. Oh yeah, <laughs> where George Clooney took her <laughs> in the basement. Yeah, her best scene. Yeah, she. <laughs> you ever seen Burn but, after reading? No. Oh, she. This, she was pa- the, this was the random. Tell scene. the tell the scene. This was the random scene. So, so Burn he after takes reading. him down to the cellar and wait, wait. Uh, yeah, because they were just he built dating. something and he wanted to show her what it was. They were on like their first or second date. Yeah, or something. And, and George Clooney is dating. You wouldn't think he'd be. Uh, you, those two would be even in the same dating categories, <laughs> right? Uh, but for some reason, they met and they were together. And he brings him down in the basement, uh, and he had been he had talked to her about building something. And I think you saw him at different times building it, but you didn't know what you it was. You didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so random. You find out what it is just at the same time Francis McDormand finds think out she what sees it is it right before the audience. Don't you think? Which, no, I don't think so. Really? I think it's boom. Oh, like okay. he hits it in the. Dick starts so going. it's a chair with like a dildo attached to it. So he made this crazy, and you could like pull on a lever and make toy. the dildo go faster. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. It, so he made this crazy, intense <laughs> sex toy, and it had nothing to do with the movie. Yeah. It had nothing to do with his character. Yeah. I, so you were like, "Holy fuck!" <laughs> <laughs> and you just had to chalk it up. But she didn't know what her reaction was going to be. Yeah, she no, loved random the chair. As fuck. She's like held her breath for a second. Yeah, she's that looks amazing or something. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then they go off, and uh, they never mention they never that whole scene it again. again. It's, it's really weird. Like I have to start a list of what. <laughs> Scenes from Coen Brothers movies were just crazy out there, and we'll just talk about those during our our Coen Brothers pod. <laughs> the randomness yeah, of the Coen Brothers, man. That's awesome. It's so funny. I like when they do that in movies. I don't need everything to nope. be Certain steered. Directors, uh, I'll find my way. If I miss something, I usually just keep going. I'll, well... And there's certain directors you kind of expect that from, too. It's a little different if it was... Uh, I expect was in like Tarantino's movies, I expect he's going to throw me into the middle of the scene and well, I yeah. have no idea what's going the on. The narrative right. is yeah. going to be broken <laughs> like, up in a And Tarantino. plus, I'm, I don't know these people, but this crazy intense scene is happening. There's right. a reason down the line. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to buy into that t- type of stuff, like with uh, Memento. Yeah. Memento is the type of movie that... It, once you get through the first five minutes, you get it. You you get yeah. what your brain is supposed to be doing. Right. Oh, the end of it's this still, scene is the beginning of the next. Watching that the first time. Oh yeah, is, yeah. It's, it's a little exhausting. Oh it's yeah, work. it's work. Yeah. It's real. It's one of the few movies you're exhausted. You by the yeah. time that yeah. movie's over, and you're like, man, that's, I'm glad that movie's over. Mm-hmm. But then, but like, then you realize, then you're like, oh, shit, it was. Oh yeah, <laughs> it was really good. Yeah. Well, all right. 
That is our uh, actor-actress. Thank you for Gene Hackman and uh, Francis McDermott for all the fabulous movies they do and they're going to do. Well, n- maybe not Gene, unless he decides to come back. But Francis McDermott He's waiting certainly. for that paycheck. Yep. <laughs> he's waiting for the new Superman movie to come yeah, out. And yeah. He's like, I'm coming back for yeah. this. <laughs> I would love it. Oh, my God. Well, and this is funny. My so and this is, there, and this is funny because he originally wouldn't let them shave his head yeah when they pu- when he pulled the wig off it, yeah. he had yeah, a prosthetic yeah. on yeah, he yeah, still yeah. had his hair yeah, yeah, yeah. right and he, he refused to do it and now he wouldn't have to yeah, just <laughs> <laughs> i've been prepping for this role my whole life my hair's already gone so it's great yeah. I'm, I'm back i mean i'm still pulling for keaton to come back as batman so oh. if they came if they mm. came gene hackman back for uh, lex that would just be fun. oh that'd be so oh, cool even if they just brought him in as like you know lex senior <laughs> just just a cameo where he came yeah, in have and he's like, like you forget you're doing how, a good but, job how son. funny that first that superman was oh, yeah oh, they all had a level of humor they just got a little crazy out the way that's probably why Gene didn't come back for that third one. <laughs> I'm sure they didn't. I'm sure they offered him money too. I'm sure he was like, "Nah, I don't think so." <laughs> Gene had integrity. He had integrity. And on that, we will end. So, all right. <laughs> if you want to get a hold of us, he's check trying us to say on. we don't have integrity. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying Gene does. Man. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, you want to hit us up on Facebook? We will be there, man. We're also on iTunes and SoundCloud. Give us a review. Give us a like. We'd appreciate it. Uh, and uh, you can get us on uh, Twitter at, at Dupree Podcast or email films at gmail.com. Until next time, yep, next pod, we'll have already seen Avengers. Yes. So we will be primed and ready to go, man. That's going to be awesome. Uh, we will not reveal anything for any of those people who wait to watch them, which usually I do, but I, I get... This is the type of movie I'm you spoiling want to watch. it all. <laughs> no, no, no. I'll muzzle Justin <laughs> before the next one. So, I'm not sure what next week's yeah, with pod. that image. <laughs> Actually, I could probably tell you now. I think next week's pod is going to be 80s comedy. I think we're going to do that. We've been waiting a long time 30, to do this. It only took us 33. It'll be our 33rd episode. Yeah. So we're that seems some... like we would. Seems like the childhood that we had, we'd have yeah. gone to that like third or fourth. We ended up working a lot of men, like because Justin had done. Uh, he but had done there's a lot Chevy we Chase have not. Zach, oh, there's I, a lot. I, and we're gonna try to stick to a lot of the ones we uh, we haven't uh, talked about yet because that's a huge, huge genre and it's really wide open for a lot of different stuff. So uh, we will uh, definitely bring that to you next week. So until then, see ya later. Peace. Wait. Where are you going? I was going to make espresso.